JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. What in the hell do you think you're doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, oh, oh the chicken. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, here we go. I'm actually on a couple of cameras here. One is via YouTube Live inside the lounge, but another one right here. We're at the District Tab downtown. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I told you we had a lot of Eagles fans here. I told you a lot of Eagles fans here already in town for the game coming up on Sunday at the District Tap. This is a Bud Light Blue Friday. We've got a lot going for you today, including three pair of tickets to the game coming up on Sunday. Eagles Colts again on Sunday. We have three pair to give away. So if I'm a Colts fan right now, I'd get down here. They're cool. Don't get me wrong. But I'd get down here to try to balance out things because I will say this. They've been here for the last hour or so and they keep coming in here. So I think they're in it for the long haul. I have a great deal of admiration for that. Everybody out there, I do. So, hey, hang out. We got a lot for you, including those tickets. If you want to grab some stuff, you can do that as well. But a Bud Light Blue Friday, and we're going to get into the weekend that includes Week 11 and the Eagles and the Colts. Colts coming off a win in Vegas. Eagles coming off a Monday night surprise loss, which was their first of the season. That was to the Washington Commanders, loaded up along that defensive line. Linval Joseph and Indomitian Sue signed in the past 48 hours or so. And Nick Sirianni returns as the Eagles head coach, the former Colts offensive coordinator. There is so much to get into, and we shall do that. Mike Wells is going to join us coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. We got more for you in the 5 o'clock hour as well. And we're also going to dive into a lot of the other things that are going on, including semi-state action for the high school football around the state of Indiana. We got a lot of teams going to be playing out in the conditions here. We'll get to that with Bob Lovell coming up at the bottom of the hour. Pacers on the road in Houston later on tonight. The Pacers, in fact, have seven wins on the season, I believe, right, which is surprisingly enough. Seven wins on the season. They play 
both tonight in Houston and tomorrow night back at here at uh, Gamebridge Fieldhouse versus Orlando. Those two teams have combined for seven wins so far. In fact, Houston is, of the tanking teams, it seems like Houston is the one that's actually doing the tanking. Now, everybody said, oh, the Pacers got to tank and you got to lose. The Pacers have looked really good so far. A team like Utah that's supposed to be tanking has looked really good so far. Orlando, not so much, and Houston, definitely not. But combined, those two teams have seven wins. The Pacers have seven wins. That game tips from Houston later on tonight, round about 7 o'clock. Welcome in inside the lounge via YouTube Live. A few guys are there. Love to have you in with the conversation. You can not only see and listen, but you can also participate if you like as well, inside the lounge via YouTube Live, the stream, the app. we got HD radio inside your car. If you have that in your set of wheels, that sounds fantastic. Sit right there if you want. Unless you want to be on camera, I can put you over here. I just don't want you sitting on my lap or any crap like that, all right? Hagen's setting up here to be with us. I mentioned Mike Wells is going to join us a little bit later on. By the way, if you missed the last two days... We had Hall of Famer Edger and James on the show on Wednesday. As usual, he was absolutely outstanding. Remember tonight, later on tonight, the NFL Network, it is the debut of a football life with Edger and James. We talked about that. We talked about Jeff Saturday on an interim basis taking over the past week that he has had here. But Edger and James, the Hall of Famer, was on the show on Wednesday. And then I could not find anybody from that Colts locker room that was any better in explaining what in the hell has happened in the past week with this team than defensive lineman DeForest Buckner. If you missed DeForest Buckner on the show yesterday, that podcast is up as well. That's 1075thefan.com. I mean, everything that it entailed, you know, the sadness that Frank Reich got fired, the excitement that was forged when Jeff Saturday first spoke to the team in that locker room and that impassioned speech, and then actually going out and winning the game on Sunday, albeit against a bad team in Vegas, but getting a win nonetheless. DeForest Buckner on the show yesterday, again, that podcast, 1075thefan.com. Chris Hagan of Fox 59, as he normally does on a Friday, joins us. Hey, you better give him one, too, everybody, all right? Hagan's here, too. Who, who let all these damn Eagle fans in here? Tell Where you do what? these people come these, from? These are good folks. We can party with these folks. I know. I got, I got, a, couple of, I got a couple of good friends. In the, like, see, you poked the bear. What, no, no, no. No. I'm like the band leader yeah, here, birds, man. Birds. Yes. There we go. <laughs> I, got, I made a mistake one time. I got, I got two good friends that are uh, Eagles fans. And I got them tickets for a right. Colts-Eagles Colts preseason game. <laughs> not knowing that, uh, not knowing they were going to be sitting among Colts fans and doing a little bit what you see hey, here. I feel like I'm in Silver Linings playbook in here today or something like that. Wouldn't that a big like, I need to go Eagles get a water ice at the Wawa. <laughs> <laughs> You know what's funny okay, about that? Okay. I, I go back in the day. I, I mentioned this earlier in the week, right? I think some of the greatest NFL gear comes from the late 70s. Right, right. And that's the Sears gear that they had. And I, had, I was Walter Payton, Bears fan all the way. But one of the ones I did want was the 17 in an Eagles. Harold Carmichael? Harold Carmichael back in the day. What about Vinny Papale? What was, what was that guy? One of my all-time favorites. Invincible. I, I want to start right here with you, too, because I talked to DeForest Buckner yesterday about the week, and the week has been off the rails. These guys have gone through business decisions, trades, 
disappointments, injuries, short week preparations, all this stuff they've gone through. But these guys have never gone through anything like that, that midweek chaos that was last week. What do you think about getting through that and then getting to the Sunday and then performing, again, against a bad team, but getting the job done altogether? Well, I mean, it's not like there wasn't talent there. They were predicted to win the AFC South. You have that, that same core group of guys, and you go from, let's face it, Sam Ellinger had no business being a starting quarterback. So you bring Matt Ryan back in. You bring in Jeff Saturday, who at least for that one game or one week brings the juice, reinvigorates the team. Uh, you get Jonathan Taylor back healthy. I think you add all that together, uh, Matt Ryan healthy and back, a veteran, you know, albeit with some, you know, he's lost some tread off the tire. But you go out there and you have that same line, you have that same talent, you have the defense, which has been playing winning football mostly the entire season. I wasn't surprised at all. I think you and I both predicted the Colts would win that game. Uh, now you, you wonder how they can carry that over. You have the initial charge of a little change, Jeff Saturday, but now you're taking a huge step up in competition from the Raiders to the Eagles, and it's going to be a salty bunch of birds come rolling in here after they basically Are gave you guys salty. They gave away that a little game. Bit salty, yeah. They gave away that game. Well, at least you guys didn't lose to Carson Wentz, though. You got to feel good about that, right? <laughs> it was uh, Taylor Heineke, but no, you're right about the salty nature of this team, and, and and you can tell just how invested they are. They go out, they get dinged up big time on Monday night. And they go out along that defensive line and add Linval Joseph and Indomitian Sue. So this is a Super Bowl or bust invested team right now moving forward. Now, I will ask you this. Regarding the offense, the Colts, when they have looked, I, I wouldn't say at their best, maybe defensively at their best, it's been Patrick Mahomes here. It was in Denver in an awful game against Russell Wilson. You've got similarities with those two quarterbacks. Keep them in the well. Quarterbacks that the Colts defensively have played well against. Then you get a guy like Jalen Hurts coming in here, coming up on Sunday, that has similar traits, that has had an outstanding season to this point. What do you think about that defensive matchup? Well, I don't think Hurts is as one-dimensional as he was when he came into the league and what you know some of the critics said. He's really gone. Uh, you can tell he's put in the work. And uh, he, he can beat you. You want to keep him in the pocket, he, he can beat you. You want, you want to let him, you know, you're going to come, you're going to let him step up, he can beat you that way too. So he offers some unique challenges to this Colts defense. But like, like we said earlier, the Colts defense hasn't been the problem. It's been the offense giving up sacks, still a league leading 36 sacks. It's been not taking care of the football. Uh, fumbles, we saw it last uh, in Vegas, we saw a costly fumble, and it looked like the Colts were about to go in and go up three scores and say, see you later. Uh, so, yeah, taking care of the football is going to be huge. And also, you got to realize the Eagles are going to score some points, unless they shoot themselves in the foot, which is what they did, yeah, they did Monday against night. the Commanders. Yeah. They, they, even all the troubles they had in that game, they still were in line to win that game until the guy uh, uh, falls down, gets back. Uh, yeah, Kez, was that his name? Quez. Quez decides to get, be a hero and get up. If you're going to be a hero, make sure you take the ball with you. So um, I know a lot of people who like to invest in certain things were very disappointed in that particular fumble. But it's, yeah, if, if they play, I think if the Eagles play their best and the Colts play their best, the Eagles are going to win. But District, that's not the way it goes in the NFL. District cap, we're downtown today. As you can tell, we got a lot of Eagles fans in the background. That's cool. We're giving away Eagles-Colts tickets, three pair, courtesy of our friends from Zinc and Bud Light a little bit later on. Come down and join us. You can watch via YouTube Live. That's inside the lounge, the ride with JMV via YouTube Live as well. I, I wanted to, to get back to this, too, because you know, one of the things that stands out to me is the last time A.J. Brown was at Lucas Oil Stadium, he was tortured up the Colts. Now, it was unavailable in that week three meeting, remember, a year ago in Nashville when he was a member of the Titans. But when he got here at Lucas Oil Stadium, torched the Colts. And you talk about 
the fact that maybe that one week enthusiasm, that, that injection of juice could be fleeting, could be one and done here. How do you guard against that? And then defensively, are we going to see a lot of Gilmore on Brown or will they spread this thing around in the secondary a bit? Brown, by the way, uh, Starkville, Mississippi native. That's what I hear. Chose to go to Ole Miss, though. That's like what you. I hear. Uh, here's what you're going to have. The, if you're trying to find, like, the benefits of still having the, the feel-good story, it, what, what's this about here? You come No, you come no, 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 no. Here we go. No. no, you'll go first. Yeah. yeah um, you'll go first. Thank there you. Go. Uh, you. The Eagles had to travel. Yeah. Short week. Right. Uh, it's, you know, no, no matter what you say, that one, even that one day is, is a difference as far as getting ready. And... This will be, can you imagine the crowd when, you know, they show Saturday on the on the Jumbotron, you know, that first quarter. There's going to be some juice, but after that first quarter, that's done. Now it's about right. a hat on a hat. And, yeah, they have some matchup problems. Gilmore made the play of the game last week. Uh, I don't know how he knew to throw. I mean, it looked like he didn't turn his head, but it looked like he saw Adam's eyes, and he, he as a veteran, he knew, yeah. okay, eye, ball, hand. So, yeah, they're going to make some plays. There's no doubt about that. But it's, it's going to be, you'll have a little bit of emotion to start. I think if the Colts get off to a, you know, 7 nothing, you know, 10-3 type lead, I think we got ourselves a ball game. You can't afford to, to have the Eagles come out there and punch you in the mouth in that first quarter, which we've seen the Colts have struggled yes. mightily in first quarters and first halves for that matter. That was the first time they led at halftime. Took them 10 games to lead a game at halftime. So, yeah, uh, go out there. There'll be emotion. There'll be, uh, like we said, there'll be a salty bunch of Eagles. Let, let that settle in the first quarter and then see what kind of game we have. It's uh, Chris Hennig and JMV here at District Tab downtown at a Bud Light Blue Friday. I, we go back to that game on Monday night. Time of possession. It wasn't like that the commanders rushed it well at all. I mean, I think it was round three, maybe even under three at some point. Anyway, I would expect a lot of Jonathan Taylor coming up on Sunday without question. But what the commanders did was the time of possession. I mean, they soaked that up big time. Is that something we look at that the Colts might think about? Because you go back to Vegas on Sunday, the one thing that parks Frazier in that first play calling experience, he kept it really simple. He spread the ball around to playmakers and kept that thing fairly simple. Are we you, looking you, for that game plan on Sunday? Well, you Sunday? think about, you know, everybody thinks about time management, and they think you're talking about the last two minutes of each half. You can have time management the entire game. On the college level, you saw Northwestern gave Ohio State a game. Why? Because in the first quarter, they were bleeding the play clock down to three and four seconds. They, they shrunk that game. And to a certain extent, that's what the commanders did. They were in no hurry. Every time, you know, every second they burn up on offense is a, another second that Hurts is not on the field with that offense. So I think you'll see a lot of that. But uh, to, to do that, you have to move the change. You can't run the ball up the middle three times and punt. You've got to, you know, put together long drives, 10, 15 play drives, burn the clock on each and every play, and, and really shorten that thing. Fewer possessions for the Eagles is a good thing for the Colts. So Chris Hagan and JMV here. What else stands out? Offensive line play, arguably the best of the season. Was it just because the Raiders on the other side of the football aren't very good, in fact, the worst in the NFL, or was there something more to that that carries over I, to Sunday? I think in every sport, you know, uh, think about a three-point shooter in basketball or a hitter in baseball. There are times you're just you're not playing as well as you can, and you need something good to happen. Maybe you hit a home run off uh, a crap, you know, relief pitcher that's just in there to, in mop-up time. Whatever recharges you and reminds you of what you can do. Success breeds success, and that's why I was saying earlier that it's not it's not like this Colts roster was full of losers. I mean, you got first-round draft picks, you got highly paid guys on that offensive line, you've got the reigning 
NFL rushing champion. You've got a quarterback, uh, albeit on the en end of his career, but a guy that was an MVP. You have all those pieces in places, and then you factor in these wide receivers that are starting to make plays as well. Uh, I don't know why the Colts can't go out there and go six and two over these eight games that Jeff Saturday is the interim head coach. They've already, they're already off to a one and those start. And all this talk about, you know, tanking and throwing in the towel, as soon as word came down that Matt Ryan was starting that game, that to me erased any ideas of they're just going to go out there and play out the stretch and try to get a higher draft pick. Proud, proud guys in that locker room. Jeff Saturday, a, a proud guy about not only his legacy and what he did with the Colts as a player, about what's happening now. And it starts at the top. He's not out there trying to say, hey, let's just go out there and act like we're trying to win. He's he's there to try to stack W's and, you know, you'll, you'll have a chance starting Sunday. All right, Chris Hagan, JMV again at District Tap, getting you set for week number 11 with the Eagles and the Colts coming up on Sunday. I've got courtesy of Bud Light and Zinc here. We've got three pair to the game coming up on Sunday as well. All right, a lot of other things going on. You saw Todd Downing last night, Thursday night football. The Titans go up and do what the Titans do, grind it away, get a win, when a lot of people thought they weren't going to get a win at Lambeau. And then something happened either on the flight home, you would think, or this guy landed at the airport on the tarmac and chugged like 19 beers or whatever <laughs> he did. But he got pinched on his ride home, uh, went to jail, uh, I think bonded out. But now the Titans have an, a significant, you would think, off-the-field issue with Downing and his uh, getting pinched situation last night. What do you think? Well, I think that's, you know, you hear about this in, in baseball and, in, you know, sports. They're, they're, they're going to go out and people are going to do things, and they have things put in place. I know that particular organization has in place uh, a rideshare thing, uh, you know, Uber, yeah. you know, Lyft, whatever, where you just put in this code, and it, the organization won't know who's using it. You put in that code, they'll come get you, no questions asked, just to avoid certain things like this. So... Uh, just, you know, unfortunate, bad decision-making, and, yeah, moving forward, you, you don't know how that's going to be handled. Well, you think about it, too, and you're not supposed to have alcoholic beverages on the flight like that. And, right. I mean, where else are you going to be doing it? I know the NFL's now starting that investigation. So, certainly off-the-field issues, but for Tennessee, nothing on the field because Tennessee continues to do what so many people are impressed about, and certainly the most impressed is Jim Irsay, the Colts owner, who wants this team to be that. Well, it's Alas, our, they are not. I think... So, so why is Jeff Saturday the interim head coach then? Look at it. Look at Vrabel, former player, uh, a guy that, you know. There's it, no doubt they, that there's a, a relatability there. There's a correlation. There there's a the correlation. Owner. Yeah. That, that franchise, Tennessee, mirrors Vrabel, his personality, his like, you know, you, you, have you looked and seen, you know, now all the teams will post the, the uh, locker room video of what the coach is saying. And you, you listen to Vrabel and you're like, you can see the team, they hate yeah. They love the way he, they love. They walk the walk. They talk the talk. They love the way he talks to them. They love, you know, he's got F-bombs flying. He's letting them know what's up. And so Saturday, a, a charismatic guy, a former player that's been there, that's won a championship. I think they can relate to that. And, you know, just his energy he brings. And I think Ursa is hoping that thing trickles down like it does in Nashville. Yeah, it, it's certainly the relatability uh, that you mentioned between one guy and the other is something that Jim Irsay is is looking for. Anything else stand out before we move on as far as that game is concerned on Sunday? Uh, I think it's going to be a great guy. I, I wish I wish the Eagles were still undefeated. One, because, you know, this is, this is the, the you're going to get their best punch coming off a loss on national television, a game they pretty much gave away. I, I, it takes a little bit of the luster off, but not, not as much. I mean, it's Jeff Saturday's home debut, Ring of Honor guys. You know, I think they kind of circled the wagons like we talked about last week. Everybody was kind of, you know, uh, 
saying, what's a disgrace? This is a travesty. What it so uh, I think it was good that they won, and I think they'll want to kind of give a little uh, one-finger salute to the, the league and, and the pundits as well coming out against what looks like, along with the Vikings, the two best teams in the league. All right, so Fritz Pollard has got an investigation going on with the Colts regarding the execution of the hiring of Jeff Saturday, whether or not it followed guidelines. Um, to me, and this is what I've been told, and I'm sure you've probably been told something similar from folks over there, that they're not going to execute anything without following proper protocol. So this is where this is right now. We'll find out where it goes. But again, to me, from what I've been told over there, everything that they did was what was supposed to be done. Again, following protocol. I, I think would it surprise was... you if anything is found within this investigation? Right, because... Even the NFL has released a statement saying that, you know, that this was the protocol. There is no protocol for interim coach. I think this was kind of a PR move. Uh, I mean, 10 days after it goes yeah. down is when you, we're, we're going to do this. I think that was kind of trying to raise awareness uh, of that, you know, organization. So, so many people were going to the website. Hey, like, what is this? What is it? got the name out there. It got the message out there, which Saturday himself, you know, all the, the quotes we had were from last week. The team, the owner, Saturday, they had all addressed this already. So I don't know why it's 10, 10 to 11 days later, you know, now we're hearing about an inquiry. We already know what happened. There's been an inquiry. Questions have been asked. Questions have been answered. Uh, wait and see when they go with, with the all-out, you know, hiring process. And, that, and that's, that's, when when the, you, that's when the protocol Yeah, that's is when it comes in. Uh, the, yeah. So I was, I was a little defensive uh, for the Colts organization in that regard, that it seems like, you know, why is this just now being announced? Why is this just now being tweeted out? And, you know, we, this conversation has been had like you know in a in a trial yeah, that question's been asked and answered like why are we doing it again uh, you know 11 days later all right pace is coming up later on tonight on the road in houston tomorrow night back at home against orlando two teams that combined have the same number of wins seven that the pacers have right now two teams that both of which i would guess are tanking certainly the rockets are what do you think about this seven and six pacers start and what they have coming up in back-to-back -back nights, both on the road in Houston and tomorrow night, right down the road here, right down Georgia at the field. Well, you know, before the season, they have the over-under wins totals. And for the Pacers, it was 22 and a half. Yeah. And they've got seven. They're on pace to win like 43 games. So if you're one of those true blue and gold believers, you're holding that ticket and feeling pretty good. I just think you, you it, it shows you the difference in drafting 12th and 13th and 14th and then drafting up in that, you know, higher up. The difference makers, you think about Benedict uh, Matherin, you, you, you think about really a steal they got in that trade with, with the Kings. Uh, young talent on display, your guy, Miles Turner, playing like we knew he could. My guy, Miles Turner. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's great to see that because it's been like two years since they've been over the 500 mark. Right. And to get excited about the Pacers. And also, they're fun to watch. Win, lose, or draw, they're fun to watch. They have playmakers. They have studs. And Carlisle was talking after that win the other night in Charlotte about how, you know, we're so caught up in stats and wins and losses. It's, it's about the buy-in and having a group of guys, young guys, that are ready to listen and not so much be worried about this, that, or the other thing. But let's go get Ws, and that's what they've been doing. I told people yesterday, you can tell between what you see in Tyrese Halliburton and Miles Turner, there's a great connection going on with those guys offensively coming off the high ball screen this thing works now jj told me yesterday that he thinks that basically anybody coming off a high ball with you know halliburton is going to play well or at least decently or going to see the ball 
Well, I think Miles is different right here. I think they finally have found that niche that everybody has been crying and whining and tweeting at me for for a number of years now. And, you know, unfortunately, probably by the time this thing really kicks into gear and you really see it even more so, they're going to end up trading him someplace else. That's what I was going to say. Is he yeah. still a, a piece that's in play? Is he still on the block? And I would say he probably is. But it, it's nice to be excited about a, a squad that you can tell they care about wins and losses. You can tell they care about each other. And that's, you know, you need to wake up that, that sleeping giant, the, the Pacers fan base that for so many years has just kind of been indifferent to it. So Chris Hagan, JMV, we are live downtown at the District 10. you got a busy weekend as well. Purdue, Northwestern, IU, Michigan State. Uh, Notre Dame on Senior Day, I believe, against Boston College coming up in South Bend tomorrow. You uh, got you're, that? You're Ayers. forgetting. I think you're forgetting the college football game of the week. It's when uh, sure. Mississippi State takes on East Tennessee State. That sounds horrible. That'll be a noon start. I don't even think it's Is that on, homecoming and Starkville. I don't even think it's on television. I think you have to like listen on the radio. It's homecoming in Starkville, uh, a day when they well, all wear shoes. Yeah. Here's why you play that game though, because Thursday night. The Egg Bowl, Bulldogs and Rebels in Oxford. So you have to play the little crap team first because you got a, you only got a four-day preparation time for your arch rival in the biggest game of the year. But, of course, I say that in jest. But, obviously, whoever you're a fan of, that's the biggest game of the week. And you want to be playing games this time of year that, that you're, you still care about. Whereas, I mean, you think about Purdue. Purdue's a hiccup away from, from playing over yeah. here uh, in the Big Ten Championships. They are. With IU and Purdue – Neither one has had a sniff of that. So, the, I mean, they might get beat by uh, 11 million points by Ohio State or Michigan, but it would be cool to have one of them in the championship game. IU Xavier coming up later on tonight in the Gavit games. That tip time's at 6, so the voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, is going to be out today in preparation for that game. In fact, his normal 5 o'clock window is when he's going to be doing the uh, Hoosier pregame show. So Don is out, but the Hoosiers in Cincinnati against Xavier get to see them match up against... Well, a, a cheating head coach and a decent team. I'm going to tell you what. We've seen different teams, football, you know, basketball, whatever, with expectations. A lot of expectations on this IU team this year, and I think they're really damn good. I think they are loaded. I think they got a deep bench. I think this could be a very, very special year. You, you, you're, you know, a lot of these guys decided to come back when they could have left. I mean, you got a, a stacked roster of young guys, veteran guys, some in-between guys. So, I just want to, I want to see what they do tonight in a road contest. Uh, Tag and JMV, we're at the District Tap. We're looking for you down here as well. Ice cold, Bud Light, ready to go. We got three pair of Eagles Colts tickets to give away coming at you too. Mike Wells in the 5 o'clock, check that, in the 4 o'clock hour is going to be with us. On the other side, though, I owe you guys because this is a big night for the semi-state in high school football. Around the state of Indiana, Bob Lovell's going to check in with an update on that and more, including that I-74 going to Cincinnati for what should be a fantastic East Central Ron Colley game. And then at Tech High School, not too far from where we're sitting right now, Center Grove and Cathedral coming up later on this evening as well. We'll dive into that with Bob Lovell coming up on the other side. Otherwise, 239-1070, if you guys want to check in, we shall take your calls. If you want to go ahead and hit us up via Twitter, you can. Facebook Live as well. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live. The stream, the app, HD Radio, and 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Back with you next. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Can I buy you guys a drink? Guess not. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. District Tap Downtown Bud Light Blue Friday. Thank you so much for joining us. Three pair of Eagles Colts tickets to give away on Sunday. Hey, by the way, JMV Takeover, the final one before the Christmas music hiatus is tomorrow night from 6 until midnight. Sullivan Hardware and Garden. I've got a couple of $200 gift cards to give away at some point coming up tomorrow night, 6 until midnight for you. And then back at it, coming up at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning, the ride to kick off at the Bullseye Event Center with me. And then we're going to be in Touchdown Town with our friends from Bud Light and Zinc in Touchdown Town coming up on Sunday morning, beginning at 10 a.m. It is the Colts pregame huddle with me, Joe Rides, Bill Brooks, and the Gorman. We'll get you set for that Week 11 Eagles-Colts matchup, in which we'll get back to in just a second. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, Indiana Sports Talk tonight, 9.30, and tomorrow night at 9.30, and tonight's going to be a humdinger because there's going to be a lot of semi-state outcome talking up from Bob Lovell, who joins us now from our central Indiana 14 and all CarX locations, CarX.com, to find the one nearest you today. Uh, somebody had mentioned Monrovia to me, and I was actually going to start out with the Bulldogs of Monrovia. What an incredible postseason they have had, and the latest in the regional final going down to Spencer and knocking off previously unbeaten Owen Valley. Get a long trek today in 3A for the Dogs. On the road at Lawrenceburg tonight, Bob. Well, John, it's, it has been a tremendous run, as you point out. They were uh, you know, a team that came in with a losing record at the beginning of the tournament and have been on that classic run uh, and have, have beaten some really, really good teams to get where they are. And as you mentioned, um, that's a long drive down to Lawrenceburg. And Lawrenceburg's been ranked in the top ten, top five most of the year. Uh, you just wonder if the magic can continue for one more week because it's been so much fun to see a group of guys get better and better and come together and play tremendous football right now. So Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk is going to have you covered coming up later on tonight in what is going to be a fantastic Friday night. On the other side of 3A, Bob Chittard and West Lafayette coming up tonight at 7 o'clock. Those two are really good. Both are, John, both are tremendous football teams. And the thing about them is they're consistently that good. I mean, year after year, they're at or near the top of the 3A poll. We know that Chittard has won it before multiple times. Um, this is just one of those great matchups between, quite frankly, two teams that, that could win state the state championship. And it's one of those where I'm not sure anybody has an advantage, maybe West Lafayette because they're at home. But beyond that, these are two evenly matched teams and, Chittard, you know, had a little down year yet last year, bounced back playing Chittard football, and it's a West Lafayette team. I think it's one of those deals, John, where you look at it where Chittard's played a little bit better of a schedule, and you wonder if that doesn't help you when you get in a situation like this. Well, I mean, you wonder that, too, and I guess we'll go to Hamilton Southeastern in a battle of unbeatens in 6A. The North Division here, Hamilton Southeastern's had a fantastic season. They get a Carroll team that's also unbeaten, but 
do you also question the schedule strength between the two as maybe an edge for HSE going into that game tonight? Well, it's a big if. I mean, if, if there is an edge, maybe that might be it. But, you know, Fort Wayne football is pretty good. Uh, although I do think that, you know, Central Indiana, if you look at historically, uh, who's won championships uh, and that's gone their way in the last few years, I think it's a tremendous game, to be honest. I know, you know, with uh, the, the success that Mike Kelly and his team have had, you know, they've beaten, as you point out, some really, really, really good teams. You run the table uh, in central Indiana, playing in the yeah. conference you're playing in. That's impressive. And it's equally impressive to go undefeated up in Fort Wayne. But it's going to be a tremendous game. It's been an HSE team that has found ways to win. Uh, they're tremendous defensively, explosive on the offensive end. So this should be a tremendous game. Hey, Bob, they moved uh, what was going to be uh, tabbed. I don't know how much of a mud bowl it would have been with the cold temps, but they moved the game from Arlington to Tech, and certainly that can provide seating and capabilities for a lot more people to watch this thing because there's going to be a ton of people watching Center Grove and Cathedral coming up later on tonight. We saw what happened in their regular season meeting. Center Grove, they're playing well, had the lead, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, there comes Cathedral to get that win and to take it home. How about the rematch in the one-and-done semi-state? How do you size it up this evening, Bob? You know, it's just fantastic. You know, you you almost wish that this was for the 6A championship game because it's it's that good. Uh, I'm not sure there's a facility in in Central Indiana maybe big enough to hold all the fans because, uh, as you pointed out, there will be a a tremendous, tremendous crowd. John, we talk about it all the time. Play a team two times, how's that second time go? And Sensu, as you pointed out, was a closely played game the first time. You wonder about this second one. And both teams are really, really good on both sides of the football. And it, in my estimation, goes down to that final couple of minutes. Whoever has the ball last and can mount a drive and take care of the football has a chance to win. I have no idea who I'd favor in this because there's the two tremendously coached teams, uh, great football programs. And um, if you're there, you're going to be treated to a fantastic game. So Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talks, got you covered top to bottom coming up later on tonight with football. Semi-state results coming at you after 9.30 this evening. Bob is with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline and, of course, brought to you every single Friday by the 14 Central Indiana CarX locations to find the one nearest you, that is CarX.com. What a spectacular season for Wyland. No doubt about that. Long trek, however. Everybody's going to load up, and I'm sure they've already loaded up (laughs) on the way right now, heading down I-69 to get themselves down to Castle. So one of, if not the best, as far south as you can go with Castle and certainly one of the best we have seen in the area that is Central Indiana this season how do you look at that matchup tonight, Bob? I just love the story of what Whiteland's done. I just think that, you know, they, you know, Darren Fisher has been there a while. They've had great success. This is as far as they've gone. A uh, chance to play for a championship. Castle had to make a great comeback last week uh, to beat Bloomington South. Uh, I think uh, it's a Whiteland team. It's really physical up front. Uh, they're great defensively. Uh, you wonder about travel, but I think, you know, young kids, look, they're going to get off the bus excited, 
and adrenaline's going to start pumping. And so I think once you get started, all the worries about the travel go out the, the window, so to speak. So uh, a great team, closely played game. Uh, and I, I just, you know, I think it's one of those, again, uh, hard to call because they're very, very evenly matched. All right, Bob, Lutheran, North Decatur in Class A coming up tonight as well. And then you go down I-74, and I believe what you're going to have is yourself a humdinger. Ron Colley and East Central, two uh, incredibly evenly matched and, and, frankly, kind of mirror imaging teams. Both like to run the football. Both can grind you. Both can go out and get you with defense. And this is the type of semi-state matchup I'm assuming you want to see in 4A. And it should be a hell of a time at East Central down I-74 tonight. I don't think there's any question, John. Look at the polls. Uh, one or the other has been added to the top of the polls all year long. Ron Colley, uh, you know, is a great story. Brand-new coach in Eric Quintana, and they've just been fantastic. You're right. This will be this will be a quick game in terms of the amount of time. But both teams are going to run the football and control the line of scrimmage and, and the idea is to control on both sides. I think it's a one-possession game. Uh, and, again, as cliche as it sounds, I think it gets down to who might have it at the end. I think they're that evenly matched. And uh, I, I think whoever – uh, wins this ball game, someone's going to have to play tremendous football to beat them for the championship next week. I mean, New Prairie and Kokomo, this New Prairie team is just uh, running roughshod over teams. Kokomo having the best success they've had in quite a while. But you know, the power, if you will, in that 4A ranking has been right. uh, with Chittard with and uh, uh, Lawrenceburg all year long. Hey, Bob, it's funny, man. You mentioned Kokomo and the success that they're having. It's across the board, really. I mean, you look at the success that everybody believes that they're going to have in basketball as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's not bad. Not bad at all going on there right now to be in Kokomo well, in you know, sports, is it? No, not at all. And it's good to have Flory Badunga on your squad. <laughs> being basketball is one of the top-rated prospects in the country. And so – yeah, there's a, an uptick, and give Austin Colby a whole lot of, uh, of the credit as their football coach. He, and he, he's been there, I think, his third or fourth year, has turned things around. His dad uh, was a longtime successful coach, and dad's on the staff. So it's a great story, and they've won. Uh, they played great football all year long. Uh, this is, a, as I mentioned, a new Prairie team who in the tournament has beaten teams two and three uh, uh, possessions. And so they're, they're, it's a great matchup without a question. You mentioned Lutheran, uh, and I do want to give them some love. Listen, it's a, a North Decatur team that they're playing. It started out the year with, I think, four or five consecutive shutouts. But I think all year long, uh, most people have looked at Lutheran as being the favorite uh, in, in single A, defending champs, and uh, they, they are very, very, very good. 9.30 tonight, you're going to find them across all those great Indiana radio stations along the line on Network Indiana. Bob Lovell with Indiana Sports Talk. These are one of those nights. It's the reason why you have the gig and want to do the gig, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes it all worthwhile, quite frankly, John. Uh, I'm, I'm lucky to do what I do. You know that. I'm very fortunate. And uh, fortunate that, um, you know, everybody plays for championships. That's why you go out there and compete and you get a chance to be a part of it on uh, 
highlight tonight. So, yep, just looking forward to it. Can't wait, quite frankly. Have a blast, my friend. I appreciate you. We'll talk at you. Well, when are we talking at We'll probably have to abbreviate the week next week because of uh, what's going to take place on Friday. So probably you know, midweek, something like that with you next week. Sounds perfect, John. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk right there. District tab downtown. Hagan's taking pictures with the Eagles fans here. A little selfie action. How's it going? Dev, can you turn Hagan's microphone on just for a second because he... Yeah, I got, I got some here. new buddies here from Philly. Yeah? Are they, they uh, from Philadelphia? Oh, yeah. They made the trip, and uh, we were talking about the, the prices, about how so many Philly fans are in town that's yeah. driving up the prices for the secondary market. Luckily, they got theirs uh, a while back, but yeah... We were trying to. We were debating how many Eagles fans are going to be in Lucas Oil. Hopefully, season ticket holders from the Colts didn't bail when they thought this season was cooked, and there'll be you know proper representation for the horseshoe. What's up? What's your favorite Eagles movie? Is it Silver Linings Playbook or that Vince Papali thing? What's that? Oh, okay, there are two like Eagles movies, right? Invincible is the one. Invincible. Yeah. Invincible is one, and then isn't Silver Linings Playbook yeah, yeah. kind of? With De Niro and Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence, kind of Philadelphia Eagles based too. Yeah, he, they, yeah. He, the guy's a, a degenerate a big time gambler. Fan. A, a yeah, degenerate gambler. Yeah. Kind of like you on exactly. Mississippi kinda, State. Kinda like if me. it was about Mississippi State. Yeah. You know what? Um, I never bet on Mississippi State because that's just heartache. You double your heartache if you bet on your team. If anything, you bet against your team. So that way, if they lose, you, you still get you, yeah. you still get paid. <laughs> you get paid for losing, so you're fine. <laughs> All right, man. What do you want to move to next? Let's you do the tease here, and we'll come back and talk to some folks at two three nine ten seventy on this other side. What do you think? I would like to know. I want to hear from Colts fans, and you and I will discuss this. Yeah. We'll, we'll look down the schedule. What is a realistic final record for the Colts this year? What will be the final mark? And do they have any chance of, of easing into the wild card playoff hunt? Is the season cooked whether or not the Colts are waving the white flag or not? That is a Hagen tease right there. You know, I picked the, I picked the Eagles to win. Really? Yeah. You picked the six-point favorite to win? What I a, did. The shocking, uh, shocking out on a limb. I thought we are teasing. Now you start talking about more no, stuff. No, no, I wasn't going to tell you. That, uh, there's still a good tease there. All right. Quick break, and we'll come back. <laughs> District tab, Colts fans, you got to get down here. Three pair of tickets we'll give away, courtesy of Bud Light, our friends at Zinc. At the end of the show, District tab, downtown, Bud Light Blue Friday, 93.5, 107.5, the fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Hey, you going to stare all day or are you going to buy something? Uh, I'm going to stare all day. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hour two, welcome back. District Tab downtown. Bud Light Blue Friday. My friends at Zinker here. We're enjoying the ice cold Bud Light. Great food here at the District Tap. Also got three pair of Eagles Colts tickets to give away at the end of the show. Devin's the on-site engineer. James in for Kyle Unimark back at the station. And Sianna, Olivia had to bail. Sianna's here. Zach is here as well. We got stuff to give away. Sit tight for that. Chris Hagen, JMV, and on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, Mike Wells of ESPN Radio joins us. All right, there's a reason why we did not play the normal re-entry. That is because Kyle Unimark 
is on vacation. I didn't want to put too much on James's plate here. It's not because that horse's ass tweeted you this morning and said what he said, okay? Just want to make sure. <laughs> hey, you know, I, what I find so... Hey, Mike, are you there? I'm like, you can't stand us, but I look and it says he follows you. I'm like... How stupid can you be? No, deep down inside, he loves it, man. He loves you coming on here and getting in there with a little bit of uh, H-Town or some silk. I mean, he loves that stuff, believe me. I know. We've been doing doing the Friday uh, R&B, Mike Wells breaks the windows with his horrible singing for about five, six years now. It, It is like robotic. And it's getting to the point now that I'm also believing that Chris Hagen has nothing to do between 3 and 6 p.m. on Friday. Or he's a mooch. Uh, I tell you what, I, I do have time for, Wells, and that's to call you four times in the last two weeks without you returning a phone call. Man, that's not good. So how's What's that? on there? What do they call it now? Well, you know, is that ghosting? Hey, is that called ghosting? Well, Layla got, come home and say I got ghosted by somebody that didn't return my call when I, I called them four times? I got ghosted by Wells. Well, I mean, I, I did I did call him on a Tuesday, a non-busy Tuesday day in the NFL season, a day after Matt Ryan got benched. We know Hagan wasn't doing anything on that Tuesday, and it took him like a week to get back to me. And now I, I'm, I'm going to double that and go two weeks, and then I will return Chris Hagan's phone call after I actually truly forgot that Hagan called me. I didn't know there was an algebraic formula as to how, how long you have to ghost me, but we'll, we'll consider it even. <laughs> ghost Hey, by the way, remind me, this is not for on-the-air content, but off the air. We'll have to talk about when we were at AL Emporium about a month ago. <laughs> oh. All right, hey, make sure, next time we're out someplace, make sure that you remind me to tell that story. All right? That's still got Man, some legs hey, to it, is- yeah. Hey, put it in the group text. I got to see it in the group text. Hey, I'm just hoping. I'm just hoping John never writes the tell-all book because oh I'll be I'll be in God. big trouble. I was I'm 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 not. I didn't get like uh, you know eating and then getting the picture and Hagen ghosted me for a month way back in the day. Mad, but I'm thinking, wait a minute, what the hell's going on around here? <laughs> so remind <laughs> remind me to tell that story. I would tell it on the air, but I'm I'm kind of afraid of the consequences if I do. <laughs> Yeah, we we need you to stay employed, man. We we need you to continue to stay employed. So You're looking hey, over hey, my hey, shoulder and stuff. <laughs> hey, I'm curious. You came on last week, and we we talked about the chaos and you know, just a bad week overall of um, especially national media hype. We talked about that this time last week, Mike. I'm curious how you view it now with a, a week plus in. Coming off a win, where this team is going into the one-loss Eagles here in town coming up on Sunday. How do you view the week that was now that it's in the review? I I think it's great that the Colts faced a team like the Raiders. The Raiders who do not know how to close out a game because instead of the national media being able to pounce on Jeff Saturday for losing to the Raiders – they're able to. They were, he was able to silence them for for at least one week. Now you you get a, a Philadelphia team that was thoroughly you know thoroughly outplayed by the Commanders on Monday Night Football earlier this week. I think this this 
this allows for Jeff Saturday to continue to be embraced by the community. I think Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock, it's going to be the loudest that Lucas Oil Stadium has been all season because of Jeff Saturday. I think they're going to blow, they're going to blow the ball, brother, and people are going to be in for no, you go ahead. They're doing. We got Eagles fans in here. They're doing their chant. We're here at the official oh, okay. uh, bar for Eagles fans in Indianapolis. <laughs> Man, they, hey, listen, drink up, everybody! Ice cold Bud Light. Drink up. Drink up. Spin, spin, spin. Hey, no, go ahead, Mike. They're, they're pulling off that that that, that, East, that East Coast. Like, shut the hell up! You got to listen to me. I'm louder than you, uh, Mike. Right now, that's what they're doing up in there. But no, I, I think. It's a great story. The question I have for both of you is, let's just say the Colts want to run. Go on and go on. Let's say they beat the Eagles. You know. You're cutting out there. Did you ask a question? I just missed it or what? What happened? He started to say, let's just say the Colts like. Uh... Oh, did I miss it? I'm sorry. Mike, are you still there? It sounded like you cut out. My bad if I did. Be the head coach going forward. Yeah, he sounds like he's cutting out a little bit. James, bring him back, put him on hold, make sure that he is good to go and reconnect because I've got a lot more to ask. And Mike Wells of ESPN Radio with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. James, give me a heads up when you get a consistent line with Mike. I just want to make sure that everybody can easily hear him inside the district tab and everywhere else. All the outer reaches of this signal. He he got uh, he got shook up by the Eagles fans. He was thrown off his he game. He was a little bit. He was yeah. all, I think he was all focused and concentrated and then kind of lost it. Well, we got into our business because we love sports and we love the passion of sports and that's, you know, that's why we have jobs is people yeah. care. So you you got to respect the Eagles fans. No, that, I don't that care at all. all. I think it makes way. it more fun for me. No, no, I mean like, yeah. from afar, you you've seen the legendary tales of Eagles fans. And I think it's like any fan base. You get to know them and say hi. They're, they're like us. They, they love their teams. They care about their teams. And look at it this way. I mean, you're going to travel. You're going to make this trip. You know, I think you, they, they earn respect. Well, let's just – we'll flip it. If we were going to Philadelphia and it was on a Friday afternoon and I'm getting crap hammered, oh, you I'm get, probably going to be yelling a lot too. Then you get your ass beat and you'd be mugged and you'd uh, yeah, probably might, lose yeah, your tickets. Might, but, yeah, but, but still – But it'd have... be a worthwhile <laughs> ass whipping. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. I was deserving in an ass whipping. Have you ever been to Philly and seen all I'm those not, huh? historic places? And uh, it's it's uh, really good. Uh, uh. It's really cool. No. I should celebrate our nation's history, right? I mean, you're like, you're like, here's Independence Hall. Here's yeah. the Liberty Bell. Here, like, here's Betsy Ross's house. Here's Ben Franklin's house. It's it's unbelievable. There's where Marvin Harrison grew up. There's where, Well, let's just leave it at that. Marvin Harrison Jr., by the way. Oh, my God. He's a beast. He is legit. You think the Colts' idea is they'll draft Marvin Harrison Jr. and then in four years draft Arch Manning and then in seven years draft uh, Eugene Hilton? Considering how Jim Irsay's handled this, I would imagine probably (laughs) so, right? I mean, anybody with a a relatability or a connection. I just hope it. I just would love at some point maybe in a a pro bowl or somewhere at some time if Arch Manning is throwing the ball to Marvin Harrison Jr., that, that would be pretty damn cool. I mean, it'll never happen, but that is pretty interesting to think about. I'm telling you what, Marvin Harrison Jr., he's the best wide receiver in college oh football gosh, right yeah. now. You see that catch where he contorted his body? That was, that, Got was his leg so, down. that was so much like his father, just making those incredible catches and the footwork. And uh, Okay, so Marvin Harrison Sr. was an awesome player, but he grew – imagine being as good as Marvin Sr. is, but having the tutelage of Marvin Sr. Just think about – the natural ability, but how much he's able to pick his father's brain and how much he's able to take from that 
and add it to his already ability. It, it's, you know, he's a special player. Something we'll bring up a little bit later on is how often that happens because normally there's a lot of pressure and it doesn't happen that way. But for Ken Martin Griffey Jr. Jr., it has certainly happened. That were some exceptions, no doubt about that. Uh, Mike Wells of ESPN Radio rejoins us right now. Sorry, we were losing you there. I want to make sure we got you on a, a solid line here. So let's revisit what you're talking about. The chaos of last week, where they are this week, certainly a juiced-up crowd, excited about the home coaching debut of somebody that they love a great deal and respect a great deal around here, Jeff Saturday. What's your thoughts? You know, I, I, I'm just starting to wonder. Let's just say they, they, they do beat the Eagles. They don't handle their second straight loss, and then you get you get a Monday night game against a, a, a pitiful Pittsburgh team. All of a sudden, the Colts make a run. I mean, I, I think Tennessee proved that's proven that they're the team to beat in AFC South. I think it's they're, they're going to win the division. But let's just say this this team shows some hope. Let's just hope your phone shows some hope and works at some point, Wells. You know, is he going to retry? Remember we talked about after week one and the Colts lost that game. They, because, I mean, they tied the game because Hot Rod missed the field goal. And we yeah, said, right. this is the kind of game that haunts you the rest of the season. It is, yeah. They, they would yeah. be 5-5 five and five right now and thinking, okay, let's make a little run here. But that tie is just, you know, it's like a bad loss on your NCAA tournament resume. Just something that's always going to be there. Tying a pitiful Texans team. There are so many different layers to how the season played out and how we got to this point last week where Frank Reich is fired. And then a couple of hours later, you learn Jeff Saturday's coming off the ESPN set to take over the interim head coaching duties. We think about Alec Pierce in that Houston game. I mean, there are a variety of just those those moments, single moments in which kind of led you to where you are right now. It's it's every week. Well, Wells, I hope you're listening and you can hear us mocking you in your reception of your two tries on the phone. Um, but, yeah, it shows you the, the NFL every week. There's a reason why point spreads are always three points or, you know, less than a touchdown because it's a razor-thin line between winning and losing, and it's a razor-thin line between Frank Reich still having his job. I mean, you look at some of these games that they let slip away, games they could have won, one game here, one game there, and this is a different story. But, yeah, I mean, 4-5-1, and one, you, you, I don't know if they can get this game. I'm, I'm picking the Eagles to win. But as Wells was saying, if they were to get this and then you have a Steelers team come to town and now you're sitting at 6-5-1, and one, well, then you start that discussion of, hey, let's look at – Let's look at this schedule. Are there winnable games, st things still to be had? You'd like to think you have that Texans game in your back pocket at home the last week of the season. Schedule does get tougher. I mean, Pittsburgh notwithstanding, you've got you know, Dallas on you the schedule. Giants, you got to play at the Giants. You got to play at the, at the Cowboys. You got to play at the Vikings. So you figure those are three losses. So yeah. if you put those down as three losses, the best you could hope to get is 8-8-1. Eight, eight and one, And you'd have to win this Sunday to get to 8-8-1. Eight, eight, so I think is you know, there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of buzz right now, but I think you're still looking at a team that ends up with a losing record on the outside looking into the playoffs for the second year in a row. And then you do have to go out there and do the due diligence. And is Saturday going to be the guy? It seems like he would like to be the guy. But, you know, w when we're sitting here, you know, February 1st, who are we looking at as head coach and what's going to be the the record books and what's going to be the, the legacy of this crazy, crazy season the Colts have had? 
Talk Chris Hagan, JMV. We're live at the District Cap downtown on a Bud Light Blue Friday. Got three pair of Eagles Colts tickets to give away, plus a variety of other things. I think that's a cooler over there as well. We'll be giving away a little bit later on. I mentioned last week we talked about this. My belief is Jeff Saturday, regardless, is going to have a position, is going to have a job here, whether it's head coach or player personnel or something. So tell me this. With what we have seen, and especially after the game, with Chris Ballard. They had the post-game celebration in the locker room. Jeff Saturday gave a speech. Jim Ursay, you know, motions everybody to give Jeff Saturday the game ball. I actually had to ask Chris twice to come up there and be a part of it. Now, Stephen Holder told me that, you know, Chris is just reserved and didn't, you know, not really a part of it, win, lose, or draw, or anything. But to a lot of people, including me, it kind of seemed like, well, maybe he's on the outside looking in right here with all that has transpired in the past week. What do you think? Well, I think you got to be careful about, I saw you, those pictures, a still image. You got to be careful about one moment in time about what that, we don't know what went on before that or after that, hugs, you know, high fives. So I wouldn't read too much into that. Same way, I, I noticed when, you remember when Kenny Moore made that stop on the fourth down play last week against the, uh, the Raiders? Yeah. They showed the sideline, everybody's fist pumping, yeah, rock. One guy I saw that was not like super stoked, and that was number four. He was just kind of there like stone-faced. Well, I guess they're going to win, and I lost this job forever now. So uh, it's just a matter of, of perspective. Everybody's – Matt Ryan even admitted, you know, he, he wants to be the starter. He, he wasn't happy with being benched for a couple of games. So you got to feel like Ellinger feels a little disappointed that, you know, he got his shot. You know, Terry McLaurin makes an incredible catch, or else Ellinger wins his first, you know, career NFL start. So um, – You think if he wins that game, he's still starting right now? I don't know, man. The way they got cooked up there in New England. It seemed like that, that was the last one. Yeah, that, that was it. Yeah. And, and if you really want to try to go win games, and I was telling my buddies over there from Philly, why would Ellinger ever start? It should have been Foles. It should have been Ryan or Foles. I, I think you put a Sam out there in a position where that, that's tough ask of anybody, especially a, a second-year guy, six-round pick that had never even thrown a pass in an NFL game to go out there and make his first start. Well, I mean, you're thinking about the owner. Wanted to see... Ellinger. That's the reason why. That was the chief reason why Ellinger got those two starts. And then when he didn't play badly against Washington and they were a near miss at home, that gave you a false sense of security. And they went up and just got blasted by New England. So let's think about this for a moment. You go and you have that chaotic week. You go to Vegas and you win. You think we're going to see a little false sense of security with what this team? Because, you know, all of a sudden now people are talking about, all right, let's look legitimately for a path. I will tell you this. I don't think you can legitimately look for any path that can lead you to think about a postseason until you win this game on Sunday. I think right now it's a fruitless attempt to really drum up anything. Maybe becomes a little bit more interesting, that path, if you beat Philly at home on Sunday. Are they a team that can be like, you know, the, the, the Vikings lost to the Eagles and then like the Vikings just can't lose? The Titans started the season 0-2. Since then, they've won 7 of 8, the only loss, an overtime loss in Kansas City. Are the Colts the kind of team that can just stack up wins? Can they go home and away and run the table, go, you know, 7-1 and one down the stretch, 6-2? and two. Yeah. Are they the kind of team that can do that? And do they have a schedule that's conducive to do that? We just outlined some of the tough road games they still have. And then a home game against arguably the best team in the NFL. So the schedule doesn't line up for a great run like that. But as we've seen time and time again, 
there are teams that can put together a, a special run, and we'll learn a lot about that come Sunday. Imagine the, imagine the confidence and the buzz and the belief in that locker room if they were to go out there and win this thing John Sunday. Stewart writes this. This is a bad football team with some really good football players. Can Saturday or A1, for that matter, pull this together and make them a good team? I'd agree. Oftentimes, more times than not, we saw them play as a bad football team with the good players involved. Could Saturday flip this up? And then if, if Saturday continues to do what he is doing right now, how is it going to be judged from the whole hiring process now and how you view an NFL coach? All of a sudden, will more people think, all right, well, he's been invested in the NFL for a while, even though he hasn't worked his way up on a bench or anything. Will that be given more credence and more thought if this Saturday thing does work? But look at it this way, and this is a, a different situation but the same sport. Look at what Deion Sanders did is doing at Jackson State. Not a traditional path to being a coach, but a guy with juice, with buzz, with charisma, goes down to Jackson State, puts guys around him, and now undefeated, uh, historic things they're doing at Jackson State and Power 5 teams, he's on their radar. So that changes the idea of um, Eddie George is coaching, you know, at, at Tennessee State. Just you, there's more, there's, there's always evolution in, in, a, in a profession. And do you have to go the Bill Cower way and pay your dues and do all that? Or can you be a guy that, hey, I'm a good leader of men. I can hire a guy that I trust to do this. I can hire a guy to do this. At the end of the day, I'm the decision maker. I'm going to be the one deciding if we, if we punt this football or if we go for, you know, go for the points or we kick a field goal. That's a guy that's got to be a leader but surrounded by talented people that have gone through the coaching ranks. So, yeah, this, this is a good case study and what this team will do when you have a guy that the most, you know, untraditional path ever, perhaps, to being an NFL head coach. That's Chris Hagan right there, JMV. We're at the District Tab downtown. We've got a Bud Light Blue Friday on our hands, too. We've got three pair of Eagles Colts tickets to give away. We'll do that a little bit later on. Hagan's hanging. And we got Matt Taylor, the voice of the Colts, coming up here at the bottom of the hour. And time for you and I at 239-1070. Also, Hagan, I don't know if you got another tease locked and loaded here at all. What are you thinking? I'm all out of teases, man. Well, you do this on 59 every single night. How can you be all out of teases? Because I write that tease like three hours before I have to do say really? it. And it's on the prompter. And sometimes I forget what I wrote. And I'm like, I hope I wrote this and it makes sense. And do they then... often squeeze out your sports time for other issues? Oh, yeah. You got to get the butt into stuff there. Yeah, they'll tell me yeah. because at the, on the 11 o'clock show, sports is the last thing. And they'll say, hey, we had this breaking news. You have 11 seconds for sports. Can you, can you make that work? And I just go, well, I guess I have to. Don't hey, I? I'm Chris Hagan, Fox 59 Sports, and that's it. Hey, we had a great day in sports. We'll talk about it more tomorrow. Good night, everybody. Weather, what gets you more, weather or breaking news? Uh, well, Brian Wilkes, God love him, he's never seen a – you know, like a guy that never yeah. sees the stop sign at third base. So and he goes go, long. He goes long. They give him the stop. They give him yeah. the stop. They give him the. They give him the wrap, and I'm like, he ain't stopping anytime soon because I can, I can hear him in my ear too. <laughs> and I go, all right, wrap ten seconds, and he's just now launching into the. And then on next Friday, we're gonna. And so I'm like, yep, he's eating up some time there, but hey. he he's earned it. It's uh, Hagan of 59 uh, JMV here, District Tab downtown. More to come with you. Here, District Tap, your chance to win tickets for Sunday's game. We also got the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, coming up at the bottom of the hour. 93.5107.5, the fan. Back with you next.
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. It's called Sex Panther by Odeon. It's illegal in nine countries. It's quite pungent. It stings the nostrils. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Downtown District Tab, thank you so much for joining us. A Bud Light Blue Friday. Friends from Zinc are here. We've got three pair of Eagles Colts tickets to give away. We've got great food. The ice cold Bud Light that I mentioned. Great get off to your weekend here. I know a lot of you are probably heading uh, here, there, and everywhere for the semi state games coming up later on tonight as well. We've got IU Xavier. Don't forget about that. Hoopers, that's a six o'clock start. Coming up over in Cincinnati uh, versus Xavier. That's a Gavit Games matchup for the Hoosiers and uh, Xavier. Again, Sean Miller, the cheating head coach of Xavier. <laughs> don't worry about it. Just come on back. Come on back. Uh, cheating. Don't worry about it. Come on back here. Sweat through your shirt. Cheat right here. Winning, winning uh, cures everything. He's going to try to get a little payback for his brother, his little bro. <laughs> little arch. Bro little payback. Arch. Payback. How's uh, Little Arch doing, by the way, at Rhode Island? He's in Rhode Island. Yeah. I, saw, I was listening to a game of theirs the other day on, like, Sirius Radio, and I, I could only endure about 37 seconds, and I changed it. His game? They had a game. He oh, was okay. like, and because I, I forgot he was there, and they're like, yeah. Coach Miller didn't like that call, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he's up there. So, yeah, that was it. That's body up. Andy Moore on the money. Hey, look at that waiter. It looks like Aaron Rodgers. Line. Look at Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't look like Aaron Rodgers. I think he does. Maybe yeah. it's the beer talking, but I thought it looked like Aaron Rodgers. I think it's probably the beer talking. Yeah, anybody ever say you look like Aaron Rodgers? Thank you. Good God Almighty. Really? Thank you, John. You look anything like Aaron Rodgers. He needs a Packers shirt and a four and seven record, and he'd look like Aaron Rodgers. You look like he looks like Mike Horner from one of those <laughs> 80s pornos. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure he wanted to hear that. That's great. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that Harry Reams? Oh, I can't tell. Andy Moore on the Motive Group Hotline. The voice of the Colts is going to thoroughly enjoy being welcomed in right now with some of this conversation. Matt Taylor is with us. Hello, Matt. How we doing, fellas? Yeah, Friday afternoon, little uh, adult, adult film conversation. I, I would expect <laughs> nothing less. Hey, if it's Monday through Sunday... It's adult film conversation time, Matt Taylor. Remember that. I'm just glad Matt didn't come on doing the Chris Hagen imitation he did at the uh, the comedy show. <laughs> Good grief! <laughs> Wait a minute! No, 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 no! Can you do that again? No, Matt? no, can, he doesn't. He can forgot. you break? Can you break it out again? Now, wait a minute! He forgot. I got to make sure from Hagen. You're not going to be mad. No, I'm like, fine. You put me on ghost status for a month after. I think this will only be a this will be right? a three day offense. I if don't know if you're going to get butt hurt. I'm not going to. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's, I'll just be mad at Matt. Go ahead. Matt. All right, Matt. Go ahead. No, I didn't. I didn't do an impression of Chris. I just said, you know, the funny thing about Chris showing up to do the comedy special is, we actually didn't invite him that night. He just called two three nine ten seventy and won tickets on the Dan Dockett show. <laughs> and you know, Chris Chris gets up there and he's like, yeah, I, hey, give it up for Chris again. I know he was like two comedians ago, but hey, give it up. He tried. You know, even though it's even though it's clearly laundry day. Man, you guys, you see, you guys were so good at that. I just went out there and just see, the, I wanted to see how many F-bombs I could drop in like 10 minutes. You did a good job, though. Yeah, I did a good job of that. I accomplished that. Job well done. But now, 
Now, that was really good. Hey, I'm curious. Uh, a week, uh, and I asked this of Mike Wells a little bit earlier, a week of, of chaos, certainly, uh, surrounding the Colts last week seems to have settled down a little bit this week. What, what, give me a comparison from what you went through covering that scene last week compared to you know, so far where we are on this Friday of, I guess, week number two, even though it's one week so far. Sure, yeah. No, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's night and day, which, which sounds crazy to say because he's only – I mean, less than two weeks on the job here. But this week compared to last week is certainly a lot of more – it's a lot more normal. Uh, he's found some more normalcy this week than last week. I mean, you think about it, he basically got the keys to the, the complex Monday at 7 o'clock and then had to go into meetings after he does the press conference and he has to interview offensive coaches and he has to find a play caller. And then the next day he has to meet the team and introduce himself and sort of – uh, you know, start the culture that he wants to build. And so this week, the fact that he had, you know, an entire Monday at his disposal, um, you know, to get ready for the next game, I think he's, uh, you know, comparatively speaking, light years uh, ahead of where he was, you know, a week ago. So, um, you know, it's going to be fun. He's going to go back and it's going to be his first home game. I'm sure the the crowd's going to be juiced. And, you know, when you think about it from that standpoint, the last time the Colts played a home game, uh, you know, Sam Ellinger was the quarterback. Uh, Jeff Saturday was in the building, but to, you know, bang the anvil for his, you know, former teammate Tarek Glenn, who was going to the Ring of Honor later that day at halftime. Uh, you know, Frank Reich was still the, uh, you know, the head coach. So, I mean, if you think about it from home game to home game, how much has transpired and how much uh, has changed surrounding this franchise, it's pretty crazy to think about. But, you know, they went out and, and they beat an NFL team last week. And I know it's the Raiders, and I know they're not very good, and they're 2-7, and seven, and they're on a three-game losing skid, but they're still an NFL team. So from that standpoint, the Colts, you know, kind of pulled it together and, um, you know, congratulated themselves for what they accomplished in whatever it was, four or five days with all that chaos going on around them. But this is obviously a much stiffer test than the Eagles, and uh, it's a home game, and we'll see how this team responds. Hey, Matt, uh... Jeff even said on Wednesday about how big a difference it is that just to have that 12 hours on Monday, just, you know, just to have that. It might not seem like much, but it's really huge. I'm curious about the mood in the building when you, when you snap a, a three-game losing streak, just how it makes everything a little, a little better, a little more pep in the step, just from, from top to bottom of the organization. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you're in it every day, I mean, you see all these guys. I mean, you walk down the hallway and you, you're going to the bathroom, you're going to the break room, or you see guys in the – the lunch, you know, the cafeteria area. I mean, guys just are, are smiling and they're in a better mood. And, you know, there's just there's more energy uh, about the building and there's a better atmosphere, certainly, you know, within the work environment. And from my perspective, I mean, hell yeah. I mean, it, it is so much easier to do my job when they win, right? I mean, I'm always going to be objective just like you guys and, and tell it like it is and, and bring up the facts. But at the same rate, it's it's always oh, it I mean back in the day it was easier to to talk with uh, Chuck Pagano after a win it was easier to talk with Frank Reich after a win just like it was easy to do the Monday night show with with uh, Jeff Saturday after a win so from that standpoint it was good to see the three game losing streak be snapped and uh, have some positive things to talk about and hopefully this team can build off of that and, and generate some momentum here with seven games to go because I heard you guys talking about it earlier. Um, and you're right. I mean, the, the schedule de- definitely stiffens up. I mean, you know, you got the Giants coming up, the Eagles coming up, Dallas, the Chargers. Uh, in fact, the Colts have the second 
uh, most difficult strength of schedule in the NFL remaining. I think their opponents are they're like they have like a six eleven winning percentage the rest of the right. way here. So if they're going to get on a run, um, it's gonna it's gonna entail them winning some really big games and sending a message to the NFL that you know their slow start was a fluke and they are you know one of the better teams in the NFL by beating some of the teams that. I think you're going to be in the playoffs when it's all said and done here in January. Hey, Matt, you make a great point, too. I, I said this earlier. I don't even think you can even think about the possibility of a path until you win this game Sunday. I don't even think, you know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's a great story last week, and I'm, again, but as far as what we're talking about, you know, moving forward or fans kind of, you know, engaging with possibilities or postseason paths, I don't even think you can begin to even contemplate that until you win on Sunday. This is me. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, you, you, you've, you've dug yourself such a hole that every game here going forward is going to be so important. And 4-5-1, and one, if you can get this game on Sunday, all of a sudden you're 5-5 five and five, or 5-5-1, five, five and one, you're 500 going into Thanksgiving. And to steal a line from, thank, or, uh, to steal a line from Rick Venturi, uh, you know, once you hit Thanksgiving, like it's, it's a dead sprint to the finish. Like there's different phases of the NFL season. Like there's the start and then there's somewhere like in the middle, that progress report time, you know, like mid to late October. And then that third phase is like right now. But then after Thanksgiving, you know, December, early January, now that we're playing 17 games, that's the sprint. And that's where you need to be playing your best football, but it's going to coincide with the Colts having to play their best in order to beat the best. And um, I, th- I just think if they can get this game, that'll just do wonders mentally and psychologically inside that locker room. And I think it'll just increase the believability factor. Like, hey, we just beat, you know, we're 2-0 with an interim head coach that's on us in terms of accountability, a breath of fresh air, and we just beat maybe the best team in the NFL. We're pretty good, and we can, we can put this thing together, and we can go on a little bit of a run here. But I think you have to have that win on Sunday in order to get there. So Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, he's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Remember, Sunday, 9 a.m., I start the ride to kickoff. Touchdown town we go, the Colts pregame huddle from 10 until noon. And then Matt and Rick and Lara take over for a countdown to kickoff from noon until 1. Kickoff week 11 with the Eagles and the Colts is coming your way at 1 o'clock. And Matt's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So there was a bit of an illness that was floating around the locker room this week. Did I hear that accurately? Yeah, there's something going around, man. It's not COVID, but there is a little bit of a bug going around. And you got some heavy hitters dealing with it. Kenny Moore and Zaire Franklin. I saw Isaiah Rogers dealing with it as well. So maybe it's in that like that, that defensive room or that defensive secondary room. And, um, yeah, just, just crazy to think that, um, you know, something like that can just spread, you know, so fast and, and get into guys' system. I mean, I don't think we should be surprised by that, I guess, with, with COVID. But, um, you know, some other teams in the uh, around the league are dealing with it as well. You know, Jeff Saturday said today it's just kind of that, that time of year when, you know, people start getting viruses and colds and the sniffles and stuff like that. So it's it's been significant enough where guys have been held out of practice, you know, so then you would kind of assume it's got a, a respiratory, um, you know, it's got uh, you know, you know, things inside your body that would prevent you from, um, you know, being able to deal with that, you know, exerting your body the way those guys have to. Um, so we'll see how that affects the game and some of these guys' status for Sunday. Um, but you just hope that uh, guys can get right and healthy in 48 hours here. That offensive line played arguably 
its best game of the season this past Sunday in Vegas. That's something you think is, is withstanding. I will say this. Um, it, it, and, and it, yeah, I'm trying not to take anything away from the effort because who they were playing in Vegas. But they did a lot of things, including opening up some holes, finally, for Jonathan Taylor that we had not seen consistently at all this season. So how much are you looking into maybe a carryover from Vegas to Sunday from that old line, Matt? Yeah, I'm actually very hopeful. I'm pretty optimistic that it can carry over because I thought they played their best game of the season. I agree with you, despite the fact they were playing the Raiders. And I also think there's no coincidence that Matt Ryan had maybe his best game of the season um, because the offensive line allowed him to protect. I mean, 28 pass attempts, he was only sacked once, and even that I don't think was on the offensive line. Uh, he was only hit or one other time. Um, so I think they may have found something here. We'll, we'll see. I mean, the proof's going to be in the pudding. But I, I'm confident in Bernard Ryman at left tackle. I'm confident in Will Fries at right guard. I think they may have found something there in terms of mojo and a mesh with those five guys. Um, but we'll see. But, I mean, if you look at the Eagles, they're a pretty good defensive unit. In fact, they're top. I think they have the third best defense in terms of overall total defense, you know, like yards allowed. But they have been very, very susceptible um, to giving up big games on the ground. I mean, they allowed 150 yards to the commanders on Monday, and they just ball controlled the heck out of them. I mean, they had 40 minutes of time of possession. Um, but if you look at their numbers deeper, they've allowed a, like an average of 140 rushing yards per game in their last five games. Um, now, they've got some injuries on their defensive line. They've had to you know, sign a bunch of guys to maybe you know add some depth with Linval Joseph, and they signed Indomitian Sue yesterday. But those guys, I don't know if they're going to have enough time to get up to speed and play and have a significant impact in this game. So I'm actually confident that the Colts' offensive line will be able to carry over what they did last week. Plus, Jonathan Taylor looks healthy, ready to go, being able to rip off big runs. So I think the Colts' ground game might be kind of hitting their stride here heading into Week 11. Hey, last time we checked, A.J. Brown was in a Titans uniform when he was in Lucas Oil Stadium and, and having his way with the uh, Colts secondary a year ago. Um, obviously having a nice season in his first season in an Eagles uniform. I, I want to ask you about that. And then when, when you look at what he adds to that offense, what he brings to the table, how much is taken away with that injury we saw to Dallas Goddard, the tight end yeah. on Monday night? Yeah. No, to your point, I mean, the last time he played the Colts, he's a Colts killer, man. Uh, but the last time, ironically, was on Halloween 2021 in that second game with the Titans at Lucas Oil Stadium, and he had 10 for 155 and a 57-yard touchdown. So, I mean, in recent past, now I know, you know, this past season, Derrick Henry's had some big runs and some big games, but in recent past, it hasn't been the running game for the Titans that's beat the Colts. It's, it was A.J. Brown. And so to have him not in the division uh, going into this season, you know, you were excited about that, but unfortunately, you know, the Colts still got swept by Tennessee so it, it didn't matter from that standpoint. Um, but he's coming back, and he's familiar with this defense. Uh, he's familiar with, with the setting, if you will, at Lucas Oil Stadium. But I'm with you. I think Dallas Goddard and that injury, um, you know, they were kind of like a three-pronged attack there with Brown, Hurts, and Goddard. And without him, I think that's a big blow. And we're going to figure out, you know, what their offense uh, is and what it looks like without him because tight end-wise, they just don't have a lot of pop and versatility 
um, with, with, without him in the lineup. I mean, uh, no offense to, you know, guys named Jack Stoll and, and Grant Calcaterra, but, I mean, these are probably tight end names that most Colts fans uh, have never heard before. Um, so we'll see if the Colts can take advantage of that because with all that Goddard can do, especially in the red zone, he just puts stress on you. And it's he's sort of a mismatch, you know, uh, hybrid matchup nightmare for opposing defenses. How do you line up against a guy like that? So to not have him out there in the lineup I think is good news for the Colts. And hopefully this defense can keep on humming because it's going to be great on great when the Eagles have the ball versus the Colts defense. You're talking about two top five units. And without Goddard out there, I think that's an advantage for the Colts if they can contain Jalen Hurts in the running game. All right, Matt, one final quick thing with you regarding this matchup on Sunday. When you look at Parks Frazier, his first game of calling the plays, did a great job. And I thought overall they did a great job by keeping it as simple as possible. What did they learn, you think, from that Washington win on Monday night? And how will they put that? into good use for that matchup on Sunday with the play calling in mind? Yeah, it's a copycat league. I mean, that's a great question because, I mean, the commanders may have just laid out the blueprint to beat them. You know, that's like I said, it was ball control. They had the ball for 40-plus minutes. It's crazy to go back and look at that box score because the commanders attempted 22 third downs for the, for the game. I mean, that's crazy, right? It's not, it's not conversions, but just 22 third down attempts so it just it just kind of goes hand in hand. I mean, I think they had 50 rushing attempts. So they just tried to limit the possessions uh, of the Eagles, and it worked. I mean, they won by two scores. I know they got a late touchdown, uh, you know, there at the end of the game. But um, you know, the Colts are going to try and do that. Maybe they try to replica, or excuse me, replicate, I should say, what they did a couple years ago to the Chiefs. You know, that game on Sunday Night Football in 2019, where they ball controlled Kansas City. Uh, they kept Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. They limited their possessions. Uh, I, I think, again, if the Colts can duplicate what they did on the ground last Sunday against the Raiders in this game, that'll give them a good chance to win. I mean, you know, if you take a, an Eagles team that's averaging 12 to 13 possessions and you give them only eight or nine, um, obviously you have to be efficient on your own on offense. But I think that would bode well for the Colts in this game. So we'll see if they can, you know, continue to run the ball well and control the clock and kind of play the game at their pace because the commanders certainly did and they proved that the Eagles they're not invincible I mean they're a great team but you know they're not the the 85 Bears or the you know insert team here or whatever I mean so I, I think they're a great team but certainly they've got chinks in their armor that the Colts can uh, can exploit I remember it was the 85 Bears back in November of 85 that lost down in about this time of year I believe lost in Miami their only loss of the season when the Dolphins and Dan Marino and Mark Clayton and Mark Duper and yeah. Tony Nathan yeah. just shredded them offensively. And as a Bear, I was a Bears fan back in the day. I was a huge Bears fan, and that made me sick. 15 years old made me sick. That's what I should have said. I should have said the 72 Dolphins because they're the ones that were, they, they, they were the ones popping tops on Tuesday morning or probably late yeah. Monday night after the Eagles suffered their first loss, right? That's what they do on an annual basis now. Yep. All right. Well, you're coming our way at noon, right? Following uh, uh, countdown to kick off is what you have, but the Colts pregame huddle will take you uh, to you and Rick and Lara. Get set for what should be an interesting game coming up on Sunday down at Lucas Oil Stadium. Matt, appreciate you very much. Have a great weekend. Hey, man, you too. Appreciate you. 
Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline inside the lounge via YouTube Live. I see you. What are you booing the lounge for? The lounge just got booed by people here, man. Come on now. Inside the lounge via, well, there are some, there are some blank weeds in there, so I will tell you that. They, they probably deserve to be booed right now. Quick break, and we'll come back with you. You and me, top of the hour. I do have some time at 239-1070. Any Colts fans want to jump in here with thoughts? Maybe some Pacer fans as well as IU. IU Xavier, remember? That tips over at Xavier in Cincinnati at 6 o'clock tonight, a part of the Gavit Games. But we're live at the District Tap. Bud Light Blue Friday with three Eagles Colts tickets. Should say yeah, three pair is what I should say. Three pair of Eagles Colts tickets to give away here a little bit later on. 93-5107 by the fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. Get him a body bag! Yeah! 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Thank you so much for joining us on a Bud Light Blue Friday at the District Tap. We're downtown. There you go. Eagles Colts coming up on Sunday. Three pair of tickets we'll give away. We're going to start that Siana. Six o'clock hour probably. Late five o'clock hour. I've got the Colts happy hour coming up at six, so... Sianna's going to say sure to whatever I say. Sianna, Zach's here. Devin's the on-site engineer. And it's James in for Kyle Unimark back in the studio getting us to you. Kristen Aries, the voice of the Pacers, coming up here in about 10 minutes. But I want to save some time for you guys at 239-1070 if you so desire. Regarding the game this weekend, if you want to hit a little high school, we can tonight. I use Xavier tonight. College football coming up tomorrow. IU, Michigan State, Purdue, Northwestern, Notre Dame, Boston College. That also coming up tomorrow. Uh, whatever direction you would like to go, we can at 239-1070. Andy, I left you on hold through the top of the hour. What would you like to talk about? Hey, JV, I just wanted to call and wish Jeff Saturday continued success. And to say all those haters out there that are throwing shade on Jeff Saturday were taking a job like Robin Miller, Tower. Stephen A. Smith, that he beat a guy who had spent 15 years at Slytherin under and a couple years as a head coach, and he got beat by a guy who coached his kid that has a 30-year-old servant. They shouldn't be mad. They should be embarrassed. Andy, thank you very much for the call. Yeah, Joe Thomas last week. <laughs> Joe Thomas last week, Bill Cower last week. Um, and this is about the point in time, I think, in the show last week where I said, you know what, enough is enough on this. Because, honestly, I go back to when this hire was announced or reported. I thought, you got to be kidding me. What direction are they going in? And through one game, it looked like a really smart move. I don't know if it's going to look equally as smart coming up late Sunday afternoon, but after one game in one week, and we talked to DeForest Buckner about it yesterday. Because I wanted somebody who was going to give us in full detail exactly how the week went. And again, DeForest Buckner was a good guy to have on because he's incredibly honest, for one. And number two, he's been a part of a couple of different things. He's been a part of a really good team. Been a part of a really good team in San Francisco. Really good defense in San Francisco. But also a part of a business decision where he was certainly comfortable where he was along that defensive line in San Francisco. But the Colts wanted him. They made a deal for him, brought him here. Uh, but had never been a part of anything like that. 
right? I mean, nothing like that's ever occurred. Really, um, that is such a rarity in season anyway. But then to have that in season and then for them to make the choice of a guy fresh off of ESPN, it, um, yeah, I mean, it made for a lot of folks because it was far from being a conventional hire. A lot of folks got upset about it. I mentioned I just kind of had enough in the Friday portion of the week with, you know, Joe Thomas. And I guess what I had enough about with Joe Thomas and even Cower on Sunday was just making so much about it. It's one thing to suggest this isn't going to work. It's one thing to suggest this was mismanaged, a bot's tire, all right, whatever. But to call it, you know, the most egregious thing you'd seen in all of your years in the NFL if you're Joe Thomas last week, my God, you played for the Browns. Um, I mean, <laughs> first of all, we'll start there. And then Cower as well. Cower kind of doubled down on it. And you can kind of see his angle from the whole good old boy network of the hiring process of the NFL. But calling it a disgraceful hire, the most disgraceful thing he's ever seen. That's where we are today in what I do. And that's what I try really hard. Sometimes when I go with the must-win situations in week one, am I serious? Sure. But at the same time, some of that is in jest. I just can't get along those same lines of saying crap for the sake of saying crap. I'm not here to stir anybody up. All right, hopefully you're already stirred up just by being a part of it. The level of jackassery that what I do, and especially nationally that transpires in radio now, that is what can be disgraceful. Getting on and saying stuff just for the sake of saying stuff, that's more disgraceful. So that's kind of why I went off in the fashion a week ago in which I did because, again, it's one thing to challenge the hire, disagree with the hire, but so much was made about it, it was absolutely ridiculous. So, uh, Andy, thank you for the call. We'll go to Jonathan next at 239-1070. Jonathan, hello. Hey, what's going on, Big James? How you How doing, you doing today, buddy? Man? Good to hear from you, Jonathan. Good, good. Just heading in from work. Just a couple things, man. Just real quick, like you were saying, everybody's going to feel some type of way about, obviously, the process of Saturday getting hired and everything else. My, my, the main thing, obviously, I think we all wanted to see was how was the team going to react and respond. I tell my teenage son all the time, you can feel some type of way about a situation, but how you react and respond is more telling. And obviously the team responded well, you know, against the, against the Raiders last week. And it goes without saying we want to see more consistency from the team. Defense has been solid pretty much most yeah. of the year. My thing, uh, my question would be is, um, and obviously this is something we have to see play out through the next you know, several weeks through the end of the season. Um, what are, what are, what are, what's the main thing other than consistency from the offense and the, obviously the offensive line? What are the main things that you, what's the main thing you feel that you would need to see to be like, okay, you know, this team actually has something going and maybe has their stuff together to truly put together some kind of a, um, some kind of playoff run. I think we got the yeah. talent for it. It's just about executing and make sure that the execution is there. Jonathan, I don't, I don't think you can even have that discussion, truthfully, until they show you something on Sunday. They would yeah, have to yeah, show yeah. you something in the form of a win. You know what I mean? And then, then you can kind of start, all right, because then you know you can look at possibility of three in a row because Pittsburgh mm-hmm. on Monday night, uh, Pittsburgh – 
yeah, certainly is a team where, where they should be able to beat if you if you beat Philly on Sunday. That's when you right, can start right. talking about it. But I, I, yeah, I'm not I'm not probably going to even think about it. You know, trying to chart a path or anything until you yeah, see yeah. them win on Sunday. That's a must. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Obviously, this yeah. is something that's got to play out through the end of the season so we can have you know, actual evidence that they're going to consistently do what they need to do. But, um, yeah, that's all I had, man. Love the show. Big fan. One day, hopefully, I can get out to the location where you guys are at and chop it up with you. But keep you doing it, buddy. man. You're doing awesome, man. Jonathan, I appreciate you. you got to get out of here sometime. We'd love to have you. Before I get to Denary, hold tight, Chris. Jay, let's work you in at 239-1070. Hello, Jay. Hey, buddy. What's going on with you? Good to hear from hey, you. I'm going to go on a different topic, man. Everybody's talking okay. about the man. That's getting old. But look here, man. Um, the Pacers, man. Uh, I just hope that Pritchard and, and company, man, ain't building the fan base back up to let them down, man, because the honest to God's truth is, man, if, they, if Miles Turner get out of here along with Buddy Hill, the Pacers ain't going nowhere. I mean, it's going to be a lousy season. You know, they, they got chemistry going on with this team, man, and I hope they continue on with this. I hope some way, somehow, they can contract these guys in an extension or something because uh, I, I hate to see them break this thing up. Jay, thank you for the call. I, there is a connection that we see, and we've seen it for the first time, between 33 and Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton is an elite level willing passer. High ball screen magic between Miles and Tyrese Halliburton. That's the connection we have seen. That's legit on the Andy Moore Automotive Group pylon. He's got the game call 8 o'clock down in Houston later on tonight. The three win Rockets, the seven win Pacers. Chris Denary is again with us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline. I mentioned this to JJ. This is a legitimate connection that you see, don't you, between those high ball screen setups that Miles is a part of with Halliburton. You now have a willing passer who's an elite level passer where Miles gets the ball more than basically no time at all like he used to get with Brogdon. This is a different setup, and these two guys click together, don't they? Yeah, I think that's what we were all waiting to see. You know, we never saw that last year because Miles never had a chance to play with uh, Tyrese. And and you're right. I mean, we've seen Miles over the years because of personnel. When it was the two bigs, he was more of a, a popping threat, right? And I think in that game against Charlotte, he had three roll dunks uh, that uh, Halliburton found him. So, yeah, it's been really good to see. I, I think Miles, it's the third time in his career that he's had four straight double-doubles. He has a chance for five tonight. You know, I'd have to go back, you know, through the years uh, to see, you know, when maybe he's played better. But I I think these four games have have quite possibly been the best four-game stretch of his career. I I can't dispute that either. Being I'm pretty zoned in, certainly, whenever he plays. But um, Halliburton is a passer. See, you come off of that high ball action. And he is such a multiple threat on the pass to Miles, who's diving to the hoop, or a floater, or going hard to the rim and being able to elevate or pulling up for a jump shot. I mean, that is just something that's, that's hard to deal with. And you see all these teams that are successful have a similar action like that between a couple that work and work nonstop. And I think we've seen that with these wins, especially the more positive nights, Chris, for the Pacers. We have seen that more times than we haven't. 
Well, especially when you've got then guys out on the perimeter that if the role's not there, you can you, you can hit a guy in a corner. And the, the thing that Halliburton does so well is the skip pass, right? He doesn't just pass it to the guy to his right. He may skip it all the way to the corner. Uh, I think Nemhard hit a couple of threes uh, from Halliburton's skip passes the other night. But, no, you're right. I mean, you've got a guy that's leading the NBA in assists at better than 10 per game. Uh, I thought down the stretch he really orchestrated things uh, as the Pacers came back. I mean, think about it, John. Last year, uh, they won five games all of last year when they trailed by 10 or more points. Through 13 games this year, they've already won four. So it's a team that I don't think really panics at all. Uh, they believe in themselves. And even if they get down double figures like they did in Charlotte, like they did at home against Toronto, they feel like they have the personnel that can get back in the game. And, and, and that's why they've had this early season success. I'm curious. This is I, I, like I'm. I'm surprised with the level of early season success, and, and I mean consistently in games, because even in games in which they get down, they normally come back, and certainly they haven't won them all. Hence, six losses. But you know they normally come back and kind of hang with it. Do you think at all there's a level of surprise in how quickly this team has kind of gelled early season together? from those within the Pacer organization? You think there's a little, not complete surprise, but a little, oh, wow, this is even quicker than what we thought? Yeah, I, probably. I, 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 would, I would have to admit that. I mean, I'm even a little bit surprised. In, you know, those first two games, you had chances to win against Washington and San Antonio, and then you beat Detroit, but you knew you were going out on a five-game road trip, and you were sort of looking at that schedule going, hey, where are the wins going to come? And then uh, they got those back-to-back wins in Washington and Brooklyn. And I, I really think those two wins gave them a lot of confidence that, you know, they could win games. And then they came home, I thought, you know, with a four-game homestand against some pretty good teams. I mean, teams that were playoff teams a year ago. They won three of them and probably should have beaten Denver uh, to make it yeah. a 4-0 sweep. So I, I think you're right. I, I, the one thing that I've, I've gathered, and, and this is the advantage about being back on the road with the team, uh, is just how much these guys like each other. And I know a lot of people that say, oh, well, chemistry's overblown. I really believe this team has some pretty good chemistry. Uh, just being around them, uh, we were fortunate to be a part of a, a travel party dinner the other night. Um, and you just see these guys, you know, they really enjoy being around each other. And so I, I think that's a, that's a big role. They all root for each other. You can tell that on the sideline. You can tell that on the huddle. I mean, I, I think to a man – they were super proud of a guy like O'Shea Brissett, who had been buried on the bench for much of the year. And he's come in and in the last couple of games, really given the Pacers a boost off the bench. So uh, it's been good to see. Uh, I, I know, you know, the NBA is, uh, is surprised. I get texts all the time from national people that are like, wow, you, you know, watching this team is fun. So, you know, it's a long year. It's, it, it, we all know it's a little bit of a short sample size through 13 games, but, I think you have a feel, you know, for what this team, you know, can do. Now, you know, they'll come home, they've got four straight, and then they go seven straight on the road. So we'll really know a lot more about this team when we get to mid-December. So Kristen Derry, the voice of the Pacers, Valley Sports, Indiana. Eight o'clock, your coverage, I should say tip times, eight o'clock. Coverage begins coming up later on tonight from Houston for them and for the radio side here coming up at 730 um, I was going to bring up a couple of things. One was Andrew Nemhart. I don't think enough has been talked about, especially since Duarte has gone down, 
the role and the success and production that the rookie from Gonzaga has provided this basketball team. I don't hear a lot of talk about it, but it should be because it's been impressive. Uh, he just he just sort of flies under the radar. Uh, in the four games he started, John, he's averaging 11 points and shooting 61% from the field. But I think it's just more than that. It's more than the numbers. It's the feel that he has for the game. Uh, he's He's a better defender than maybe I thought he would be because he's got pretty good size. And so, uh, and I think what, what Rick has done this year, he, he likes to have two ball handlers on the floor. I mean, that's why he's starting right now with Halliburton. And then you'll see Nemhard and McConnell play together. You'll see Halliburton and McConnell play together. So it's been really interesting. And, uh, I, I saw Seth Davis talked about Gonzaga getting blown out by Texas uh, the other night. And he said, you know who they miss? They miss Andrew Nemhard. And, yeah. uh, and, and he's a guy that's playing about 20 minutes a game now in the NBA. So you're right. Uh, he just does so many uh, heady things. He took a charge the other night. I think he may have even taken two. Uh, but, he did. But he, he, did. He, has been, he has been, I don't want to say he's been a pleasant surprise, but when you think about, how lucky the Pacers were to get him. They felt he was a first-round draft pick. And they did something that really you don't often do in the NBA. They signed him to a four-year deal in the second round. That's how much they believed in Andrew Nemhard, and he is not disappointed. You know, it's funny. I, I think we had talked about this when he was drafted. I, I questioned, you know, having watched him, you know, full-time playing at Gonzaga, I kind of wondered – in those higher-level athletic guard games, sometimes for Gonzaga, not all the times, but sometimes there was a struggle. And I wondered how long that transition uh, would be made for him to the NBA. But you know what he's done, Chris? I mean, he just he kind of settles in. He doesn't get rattled. I mean, he just he just kind of chill out there, and he plays he plays at a pace in which he's comfortable. And you can just kind of count on him so far. That's kind of the way I look at it. He's, he's a counted on, relied upon guy so early in his career. And he's just kind of playing the way that he did at Gonzaga. And he doesn't get overwhelmed or swamped by the athleticism. It's, it's been an impressive first month plus for him, I think, in the NBA from what I've seen. Yeah, I mean, think about his first two baskets uh, in Charlotte. They were just sort of drives, you know, put the yeah. ball on the floor, hesitated in the lane, hit dotted line jumpers, and then that sort of opens up the game for him. And, you know, how impressive has he been? Well, Rick Carlisle uses him to close. I mean, he's out yeah. on the floor with Benedict Mather, and how often do you see two rookies in closing situations? And all you have to do is look at the last two games. Uh, you know, the Pacers – Right now, they're the number one fourth quarter team in the NBA. They're averaging better than 30 points. They've got, a, a, the, I think, second in scoring margin. In the last two fourth quarters, they shot 60% from the field in both of those quarters. And that's with two rookies out on the floor in Nemhard and Matherin. So, yeah, he's been really impressive. Like you said, he sort of plays at his own pace. He's very comfortable with what he does. He doesn't try to do too much. But I think as he grows into this league, you'll even see him become more dynamic as the years go on. Hey, as a shot blocker with Isaiah Jackson in your number two, how much do you think he can take away from where Miles Turner, his teammate at least for the time being, is as a shot blocker defensively in the NBA? Yeah, I mean, he's a little bit different shot blocker because he will, he will block a shot with either hand. I mean, Miles is pretty much yeah. you know, a, a right-handed shot blocker. 
uh, Isaiah is a better athlete than Miles, and so he has, you know, his spring is a little different. So he gets to the ball a little bit differently than Miles does. But but that's why with those two guys, that's why they're number two in the league right now, John. I mean, you know, Miles is averaging better than three. Isaiah's close to two. They're averaging seven. Uh, they had nine the other night. It's going to be interesting tonight to watch this game because Houston's coming in off a win. They won in Dallas. Now Doncic didn't play. But this is one of the youngest teams in the NBA. They're super athletic. They've got Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. in the backcourt. They blocked 17 shots uh, Wednesday night in Dallas. 17 shots. Now, the Pacers had a game earlier this year where they blocked 15. So it's going to be really interesting to, to watch the ball around the rim tonight and see how either team gets it into the basket because you've got a lot of shot blockers on the floor. All right, you got the first of a back-to-back. Tomorrow night you guys are at home. Gamers Fieldhouse against Orlando team. A lot of young talent, but combined with tonight and tomorrow night, you get seven wins, the same amount the Pacers going into tonight have as well. So the success with either team hasn't been there, but there is young, really athletic talent on both of these teams we'll see. Oh, there's no question. I mean, Orlando's without Ben Carroll right now. They're, they're young, but... They, they had back-to-back wins at home against Golden State and Phoenix. So I, I, as you look across the league and the landscape, John, I mean, look at Oklahoma City. They're right around 500. They've got the youngest team in the NBA. Uh, you've just got to be ready to go every night because there's a lot of hunger. Uh, you know, this is a Houston team that will, I'm sure, look at tonight and think, hey, this is a game, you know, we need to win. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this is a stretch. Uh, it started Wednesday, John. 19 games in 33 days, 19 and 33. Uh, The Pacers do not have more than one day off between games until I think December 18th. So this is, this is a pretty grueling stretch um, as far as the Pacers are concerned. You know, they will come home uh, with those two games against Orlando and then Minnesota and Brooklyn next week. And then it's off on the, on that seven game road trip. So uh, yeah, it's uh, that, that's, that's what everybody has signed up for. And, and I know in Pacers land, just, you know, gauging the, the, the fans, they're really excited with what they see, and they should be. This team is fun to watch, and hopefully they keep it up. No, and I fight this all the time because in the position where the Pacers started the season, and a lot of the conversation, Chris, was, well, it's okay if they play well but lose. And – I, I don't embrace that. It's tough for me to do. Uh, what I say is I want to see these guys get experience in winning. As you mentioned with Andrew Nimhart, closing a game. Get experience in closing a game and winning. That seems to be much more valuable than worrying about what the hell and where you're going to be come June. Well, and I think what, what they've done, though, John, too, is, is they were very upfront, and I think they've done it the right way. They said, hey, we've gone young. But these young guys are producing. Uh, Jalen Smith is young. Isaiah, Duarte. I mean, they're all young, you know, if you look at it. I mean, Miles at 26 is old in comparison. Uh, Buddy Heald gives him a nice veteran presence, and so does T.J. McConnell. But the bulk of this team is either in year one, two, or three. And so uh, this is just a group that I I think, you know, continues to battle. Uh, They enjoy playing. And I I look at it as – there is a blueprint for what they wanted to do, and, and they orchestrated that when they made the trade for Tyrese Halliburton. 
And maybe because of the wins, they're a little bit ahead of schedule of where maybe they thought they would be. But it's not going to change how the coaching staff and how this team, you know, goes out on the floor each and every night because they feel like they can win games. And, you know, thus far through the first 13, they've proven it. I mean, uh, you know, seven and six, uh, first time over 500 in, in nearly 20 months, I think. So, uh, but it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, there's going, to be, there's going to be plenty of highs and lows. I mean, that's the way the NBA is. But I, I like what I've seen. Uh, it's, it's an offense that uh, they're third in the league in scoring at almost 118 points per game. Uh, that will cure a lot of ills. Uh, even though the defense, I think it's a little bit better. They still need to improve, as we all know, in that area. But when you can put the ball in the basket, it takes a lot of pressure off your defense. No doubt about that. Pre-game show, 7.30, tip time tonight in Houston at 8 o'clock. The first of back-to-backs in Houston tonight for the Pacers and then tomorrow night back here at Gambridge Fieldhouse against the Orlando Magic. The voice of the Pacers on Bally Sports Indiana, Chris Denary, live from Houston on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. I appreciate you. I'll be watching you coming up later on tonight, so have some fun on that call. All right, looking forward to it, John. Thanks. You got it. Chris Denary on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Hey, quickly before I had a break, Colts injury report out today. Uh, the only two that have been ruled out definitely, Jelani Woods, the rookie tight end, and Quiddy Pay, the second-year defensive player up front with an ankle injury situation, but worthy of watching defensively, as we talked about a little bit earlier with Matt Taylor, there seemed to be a bug going through uh, the defensive room earlier this week. Zaire Franklin, Isaiah Rogers, uh, both are dealing with an illness, both listed as questionable. And then I guess over the course of the week at some point, Braden Smith, the right tackle, tweaked his back. So he did not participate in practice today either. Uh, He is listed as questionable on Sunday as well. So all three of those question marks, DNPs in practice today, two for illness defensively, and then Braden Smith with a back tweak, all listed as questionable for Sunday, something that we will observe going through the weekend. District Tap, downtown, Bud Light, Blue Friday, three pair of Eagles Colts tickets to give away. Sit tight, we'll start to do that. Colts happy hour at the top of the hour. About 30 minutes away from IU Xavier Hoop over in Cincinnati. The Gavit Games, IU's on the road versus Xavier. That tip time is at 6 o'clock. All right, 239-1070. If you guys want to jump on board, we can load up some more calls. We'll come back to the District Tap downtown on a Bud Light Blue Friday with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. This will be the high point of my day. It's all downhill from here. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Tell you what, I've had an absolute blast here at the District Tab downtown. Bud Light Blue Friday. I got to thank our good friends from Zinc. Every Friday, they load us up with tickets to uh, the next Colts game. And it just so happens the Eagles in town, three pair to give away coming up here in just a bit. Thank you, Zinc, Bud Light, and our friends at the District Tap with great food. 
and the outstanding ice cold Bud Light, and there are a lot of game. I love this time of year too because you get afternoon basketball. So I get to do this show and then watch a little bit of hoopage. I was watching UMass and Murray State, and although I'm a fan of Murray State, Murray State's now in the MVC, I believe, right? Missouri Valley Conference. Anybody? 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 Right for uh, Murray State out of the OBC. But um, they looked like they had a one-point advantage with seven seconds remaining. I think it's uh, whatever tournament's going on at Myrtle Beach. And uh, UMass had a guard that basically in seven seconds dribbled down the floor and, and probably took one of the worst shots available, dribbled right to the corner and uh, was falling away to his right and knocked down a three to win it. And I mean, I, I don't know if you could have drawn up a worst design play to get you the worst shot possible, but he did. But my man was dead-eyed, knocked that thing home, and UMass knocked off Murray State. You got IU Xavier again coming up at the top of the hour, part of the Gavit Games over in Cincinnati. Xavier and the Hoosiers at 6 o'clock. Uh, by the way, I think that game's uh, going to be on downstairs, 93 WIBC uh, for you coming up later on tonight. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher has the call for that. Uh, Rob writes this at JMB1070 on Twitter. Did you know that a $1 wager on the Colts to win the Super Bowl and the Pacers to win the NBA championship yields over $120,000? I'm sure it would. A $1 wager right there. It's well done tracking that down, Rob. Well done. You know, Tyler, I didn't see this. My bad. I had a different screen on board here. But Tyler says, could you ask Chris if he sees Benedict Matherin getting frustrated from these staggered minutes on the floor? Feels like he's getting hot shooting. Then Rick seems to take him out. Um, I, I, I think I see more with him a frustration of, of things. I don't think he's frustrated about the minutes or the staggered minutes. I think he's just a dude that gets frustrated when that shot doesn't go down. He's a guy that expects to make every one. I have a great deal of admiration for that, too. He expects to make every single one, and I like it. My man Adam Howard said, I just got this starter throwback Bears jacket as an early birthday gift. I had that back in the day. I've mentioned this before. I was a huge Bears fan, and it probably went from when I remember anything. I'm going to say 1975, that's when they drafted Walter Payton. I was five years old. I was a Bears fan basically from that point in time. And, and you can go back. I still have my Bears helmet someplace. But I also, I had the, the orange C. But I also had the 60s Bear helmet that had the white C on it too. But I was a huge Bears fan. And that's, you know, I didn't become one because, you know, they became good with Mike Ditka and, and won Super Bowl twenty, and had that unbelievable team and unbelievable defense. You know, back in 1985 especially, um, I went through the incredibly lean years of um, Jack Pardee as the head coach, or Neil Armstrong, yeah, not the astronaut from Purdue, but the head coach in the NFL for the Bears. Bob Avellini was the quarterback. Bob Parsons was the punter. Bob Thomas was the place kicker. James Scott was the wide receiver. And basically what it was was handing the ball off to Walter Payton uh, three times and then having a three and out. <laughs> basically what it was until Ditka gets there and McMahon gets there and you build that defense. And I think I kind of faded away as a Bears fan in the neighborhood of yeah, probably mid to late 90s. I think maybe one final interesting shot 
when Eric Kramer was the quarterback for the Bears in the mid-90s. And then once I, I got here, you know, I, I, I just I didn't have the rooting interest any longer, and uh, that was kind of it. So, yeah, I was a huge Bears fan back in the day. I still have a ton, I mean, a ton of gear and memorabilia back in the day, Adam. But I did. I had that jacket. That's a starter jacket. Absolutely had that. That was a badass deal back in the day. Uh, Leon writes this, uh, Cower and Thomas are hypocrites. How many broadcasters or sports anchors did they jump ahead of to get their gigs? I, I heard that, and, and I, I didn't so much bring that up as an argument. I, I kind of took last week at this time was enough is enough. I mean, it's okay to, to dispute whether or not it was a smart move or you believed it to be a smart move, but you know, just going and overblowing this whole thing in the fashion which they did I thought was stupid. Uh, that was just me. Uh, Eric writes this, for four seasons I was responsible for getting the field ready at Lucas Oil Stadium before the Colts games. This Sunday I'll be rocking lead guitar. The horseshoe stage is where I'm going to be with Roughhouse. The Roughhouse band's going to be playing. Is that Touchdown Town coming up on Sunday? Roughhouse and Eric Harlow. Shout out to you, Eric. It's coming your way. All right. This is from Elijah. I don't know if Elijah's still here. I just saw this. Jambi, you're going to love it. Had a second date with a girl tonight and was going to surprise her with Ticket Sunday if it went well. She snapped me earlier wearing an Eagles jersey. Crisis averted. Well done, Elijah. <laughs> second date. Go out and get that second date there, my man. Uh, again, we're live here at the District Tab downtown. Chris Denary a little bit earlier. Matt Taylor also joined us. Chris Hagan of Fox 59 is a part of it. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio. Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk. And I know a lot of you are heading out to various destinations for a little high school football semi-state action like Tech High School tonight, right? They're over at Tech with Center Grove and Cathedral, which should be absolutely ridiculous. You've got down. What's up, Kevin? You've got I-74, uh, down I-74, East Central, and Ron Colley. You got Chittard and West Lafayette. Just off the top of my head here. Got Hamilton Southeastern and Carroll, a battle of unbeatens right there in 6A as well. Hey, what's up, man? It should be absolutely fantastic. Good to see you. A long time no see. I'll tell you what, we'll take a break and come back. Really quick, we'll take a break and come back. I'll get you ready for Colts Happy Hour with me coming up at the top of the hour. District Tap, we're downtown. Bud Light Blue Friday. Three pair of Eagles Colts tickets to give away with 93.5 and 107.5. The fan. Back with you next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Ride with JMV. And the beat goes on, yeah. And the beat goes on. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back to the District Tab downtown, Bud Light Blue Friday. I'm going to start giving away tickets as we jump into the 6 o'clock hour here. Uh, Pacers tonight at 8. That's the tip time, 7.30 pregame coverage right here. Pacers in Houston against the Rockets tonight. Three-win Rockets, seven-win Pacers. Pacers back at home, second of the back-to-back tomorrow night at Cambridge Fieldhouse. They welcome in the Orlando Magic coming up. And Orlando's won four games this season so far. So first of back-to-back games this weekend. 
for the Pacers tonight at Houston at 8 o'clock. Again, your coverage right here at 7.30. You know, I mentioned a little bit earlier we had Eagles fans in here. This one dude, the reason why I bring it up is Adam Howard had tweeted me uh, a gift that he just got was an old-school starter's bear jacket. This guy that's an Eagles fan has an old-school starter uh, pullover. Remember those hooded pullovers back in the day that they had? I think this goes back. He mentioned 1986. I think he's right about that. That thing is badass right there. An old school. Remember they had the uh, team name right there on the belly? Yes, yeah, that's, that's nice right there. That's old school. People love those things. That's like the the old school, uh, let's say, you know, the former you know, Reggie White, you know, Jerome Brown, you know, that group of Eagle, Buddy Ryan being the head coach. Remember the that group of defensive Eagles, Clyde Simmons? was a part of that group as well. I'm trying to think of any. Was Eric Allen, I think, in that group too? Just a great defense back in the day, but it's an old-school Eagles pullover. My man Jeff is the general manager here at District Tap downtown. You're rocking an Astros hat. Are you from Houston? I'm, I'm from Houston. Astros, baby. You probably were loving all that, weren't you? I, I had a really good October, definitely. Would, would they please go back to the orange, back to the Enos Cabell Day uniforms? Back to the rainbows? I love yeah, those. I know, I know occasionally they do it yeah. as throwbacks, but that should be full-time. That, I agree. That is the greatest uniform of all time in any sport. Yeah. In any sport, right? Reminds now. me of Nolan Ryan every time I see one yeah, of those. I mean, Nolan Ryan, Alan Ashby, Joe Sambito, Enos Cabell, Cesar Sedadio. I could go on and Richards, on. Jose Cruz, James Rodney. There's no doubt about James Rodney right there. All right, so what do we got going on here? We got Eagles fans in here. We got Colts fans in here. Got a busy weekend for you, right? It's going to be super busy. We got, you know, obviously, Eagles at Colts on Sunday. Yep. District Taps opening up at 9.45 a.m. It's nice to see a bunch of Eagles fans already rolling in. It's going to be a good game. Um, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up. We have Blackout Wednesday, so it's a good place to party for, uh, for the busiest part of the year. And then, obviously, um, USA versus England on Friday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 2 p.m. Yeah. We'll have, uh, you know, four dollars week from Friday. Now, you also got, I think, the USA and Wales on Monday afternoon at 2 o'clock. Yeah, so Correct. we got two good games right. coming up. So are you, you guys going to be, are you having all the World Cup games on in here? We'll have everything on, on TV will be on. So, you know, some of those games are pretty early. We're not open yet. But luckily, the U.S. plays at 2 every, every match. I, I can't remember. When's the last time that the World Cup was actually this time of year? Has that happened? Not that I ever remember. I, 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 don't, I don't remember it. James may be able to look that up. Here's why I bring that up, because normally it's in the summertime, and you got baseball, and that's about it. Yeah. But, man, now this thing is smack dab in the middle of really everything. But right baseball. in the middle of the holidays. I mean, right in the middle of the holidays, you know, right in the middle of the NFL, college football, uh, you got college basketball, you got, you got everything going on right now. It's a now. Good, good time of year for sports, that is for sure. It is. All right, so it's a good time for sports. It's a good time to come to the district tap. What are we ordering? What's the, what's the great order here? So we got a new, uh, we got some new items on the menu. I'd recommend you trying the Cali, uh, Cali steak roll. It's basically got eight ounces of sirloin, French fries, rice in that thing, salsa, avocado. Uh, it's, it's a big boy. You can't go wrong. It's delicious. You know, uh, we've known each other for a while. I appreciate you having me. It's always Matt. good to have you. Sir. I always love it. District Tap, make this your home base this weekend, next week as well, next weekend, whenever. Great food. You got the ice cold Bud Light. Thank you, Zinc, for having us as well. And uh, a lot of fun to be had in here. Jeff, thank you, man. Hey, thanks. Always As for to Jeff, the general manager here at the District Tap downtown. All I'm right. Always here. Let us take a break here. We'll come back. Colts happy hour. We'll start unloading Eagles Colts tickets to you out there. So sit tight. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that. More to come. We'll keep you updated on IU Xavier and give you some Colts happy hour coming up here at the top of the hour. It's right here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Do not go 
anywhere. Back with the next.